<laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, we are live. Welcome to the Smack Attack. Uh, another week, another day, another dollar, another show of the people, by the people, for the people. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have not only myself, John, in right here today, but I have with me not the expendables, but the dependables. I have the gentlemen who have made it week in, week out, most of the time that we can depend on that. Um, Jimmy is lost in the ethos. Um, we think his AI uh, server has been disconnected from the net. So therefore, um, he no longer exists because neither, neither does Australia. But I do have the two cornerstones of the PwC here with me today to help me talk about the rinse and repeat show we had last night. Uh, so gentlemen, let's start uh, with the gentleman who made it first into the room by 20 seconds, the evil dose himself. Dr. Jeff, how are you today, sir? I am fine, and I have a confession to everybody who's listening to the show and watching. Uh, I watched SmackDown drunk last night, so. <laughs> Did it help? You know what? It might have. Really? Hmm, okay. So maybe bit. I'm maybe I'm missing out uh, in my 44 years of not drinking. Maybe it would help my enjoyment of SmackDown if I did drink and got drunk. Yeah, I drink like once a month. Now, since I was at a wedding this... Oh, I didn't even drink at the wedding. Um, so, yeah. I, yeah, I probably drink like once every two months. So, hmm. I don't know. It was, it was sort of fun. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I felt like when I was watching Dynamite, I was drunk. But, in fact, I wasn't. Actually, I felt like I was hungover. But, in fact, I wasn't. But, yeah, last mm -hmm. night, I was... I was. You were just drunk. that miserable watching Dynamite. <laughs> right. Pretty much. I just... I, I felt like I was walking through quicksand the whole time. Anyway, yeah. you're still warned. Okay. All right. Well, hey, look, I, that's fine. I think if anything, it might make it more enjoyable for a show today because then it'll be like, wait, did I remember that right? I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, and then of course, in the lower square, right below us, we have the man, the myth, the legend himself, Captain Canada, Chris Ams. Chris, how are you today, sir? I'm great, man. I'm great. I'm I'm happy to be here and representing my my home country of Canada, which uh, which most recently has been famous for gassing New York City. Um, we're not sorry this time. Fuck you guys. Um, you know, I was just thinking, like, I'm I'm pretty sure that you can't actually do this with uh, with uh, with Streamyard, but if we actually like reverse this, where I was on top and you and Jeff were in the lower quadrants that that you, that you're still in, but just like take it down, we would basically mm -hmm. be representing our our physical locations on the globe because you're you're kind of off this way on the map, right, in Texas, mm -hmm. and right. Jeff's kind of over that way, right? And I'm up top. So like we should really we should really figure out how to reverse this where I, I get to lord it over you guys just like we do in, in America's hat. This is like a Sheldon Cooper's fun with flags. Yeah. I, I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to figure out look, I'm a, I'm doing that right now. I'm trying to the, figure out like the HMG a, stands for geography. Yeah, right. I'm trying to figure out I know there's a way to like redo oh wait maybe I do this and then I bring Oh, it, oh, okay. All right. Then this, we'll is do like this. A, this is like a slow motion version of three card Monty. Yeah. So like <laughs> this, this is the best we can do right now, because apparently when I have it in the other layout, it has to do two on the top and one on the bottom. Um, so, uh, Hey, we tried audience. Yeah. Look, well, this does represent because Chris is kind of up North and you're close to up North and I'm down below. So close-ish. I mean, you know, I, I'm not exactly sure what, what latitude that, that, 
Chris is on versus where I'm on, but I'm pretty sure that there's at least a few in between me and him. Yeah. See, look, this is this is a better representation. And then media M5 say is leave it like this. So we're gonna leave it like this. So we're we're closer. This is a closer representation of our geographic location. So wow. we'll go that route. Okay. Um yeah, you know, and uh and of course uh Canada also, yes, famous for making uh New York Orange Cassidy. So you know, I'm <laughs> sure every all the AEW fans appreciated that, uh, Canada. So and every um, and everybody in the Northeast was in a haze, wondering what the fuck is this? Just like me when I watch Orange Cassidy, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know. Okay. So a couple of things I want to talk about today, guys. Uh, they released, uh, I, if if I remember correctly, it was this week they released up for the AEW Fight Forever the Owen Hart um, character that you can play. Um, like, like I understand. Like, I get it. They they that's just the way they've decided to go. Um, but like, I don't know, man. Like I, it feels really weird to have Owen Hart in an AEW game wrestling for a company he never even interacted with. Like, what do you guys think about that? Just, it felt like a fever dream. It felt like a fever dream when I first saw it. Um, what, what do you guys think? Chris, what about, what, what about you? What do you, what do you think about this? Well, as the resident Canadian, I guess I can, I, I guess I can uh, go ahead and take a stab at this. Um, it's uh, it's great to see Owen Hart in a video game, of course. But if you're like me and you and you play the 2K games anyway, you've seen Owen Hart in every single game for the last, you know, what, 10, 15 years? Right. As long as there's been community creation, you can see a really, really good representation of Owen Hart if you look for him. Um, I know that what they're going for is less graphics and more gameplay for the AEW Fight Forever game. And, um, you know, taking that in mind, he's a decent representation of, you know, of Owen. It's it's not terrible. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. I mean, I, I, I showed Jeff a, a screenshot of a version of Jeff that I created on 2K. That was a really bad representation of Jeff. It was it was slightly worse than the representation of, of Owen Hart um, in the AEW Fight Forever. Sli- slightly worse. Um, Sometimes yeah. in real life. <laughs> there you go. But, uh, but yeah, so it's nice to see him. It's, uh, but again, it, it looked more like Disco Inferno with straight blonde hair than it did Owen Hart. So. Right. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, what about you? Your thoughts of having a guy who's never wrestled for a company in your video game and, and who's more synonymous and been in other video games uh, for WWE. What, what are your thoughts on this? Listen, I don't play video games, so I don't much care about it. The the the, the second that you know Tony Khan and AEW announced a partnership with Martha Hart, and make no mistake, this is mostly her. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm sure that you know AEW is more than happy to be the recipient of it, but this is mostly her and her continued spike campaign. So listen, I don't care. Let people play Owen Hart if they want to. As Chris said, you you could build your own wrestler in other video games for years, and that's something I've known about. So, uh, I mean. The only thing I'm seeing is just, you know, the typical, like, you can only get into the minutia of stupid so much and nowhere else except for Twitter, where people are arguing about that Owen Hart is only known for WW. And then you have the people say, no, he wrestled in Japan for 12 seconds. And, you know, and then before that, he was in the Calgary stamp. Yeah, of course he was. I mean, but right. yeah, he's known for being in, in, in WWF. 
Uh, he's and he's also known for dying there. So I mean, what you know, what what can I say? I mean, uh, I'm sure it's good to have him there. And, you know, there's probably some royalty money going to the, the family and their charity. And, and while their charity isn't exactly a big scale charity, most aren't. So you know, if, if listen, I haven't done an audit of it. I'm not trying to, as long as most of the money is going to the cause, which is basically to high schoolers going to colleges from uh, that part of the world. Then cool. I mean, you know, I. I'm sort of agnostic on it. It's gotcha. just really, this is just that silly argument on Twitter about how long he wrestled in other places. And real wrestling fans would know that he re- shut up. These are the same people telling me that everyone needed to recognize CM Punk's first song in Ring of Honor in like 2004 or something. I mean, right? Yeah, funny. yeah. Like I mean, in a weird like it, in a weird way, this feels like a like hey, look, we're trying to move the needle, but like are, you're moving the needle for very niche wrestling fans, like. You know, and then on top of that, very niche wrestling fans who like gaming, because not every wrestling fan likes gaming. So it's like, okay, look, look, we've got Owen Hart. He's in our game. Look how cool this is. You can play as Owen Hart. And like, it, it's one of those things that's like, it feels like once again, Tony feels like this is a really cool deal, but in the in the giant scope of things, it doesn't really mean much of anything. And it's not like I don't see the intrinsic value in this brings to the game. You know. Um, Cool, you know, like Chris said, you could he's own heart's been in other games and you could create him in other games, so it's not like it's okay, cool, own heart, yeah, but um, great. And I don't know, I to me, this felt like one of those, like, hey, look how cool this is, as Tony Khan tends to do, and then everybody's like, and like, right, yeah, looking like he does. Um, thanks, guys, yeah, yeah, with the. Hey, look, Stokely Hathaway and Jerry Lynn are now going to run Ring of Honor. And, but except I get to veto their choices, you know, because they're not really running it because I'm still running it. Lisa, the answer I, is where Stokely Hathaway's been. Yeah, right. You know, and, um, you know, and uh, look. basically all that says, like all, all that announcement was, was, OK, if you really like anything that happens in Ring of Honor over the next little bit, I'm going to take credit for it. And if you don't like anything that happens in Ring of Honor over the next little bit, I'm going to say it was the rest of them. It was Jerry Lynn and Stokely Hathaway. Right. The short right. guys. Right. Which, which, by the way, the, this very this this reeks of Jerry Jones. Like, Tony Khan, to me, reeks of Jerry Jones uh, for wrestling. Like, if it's good, hey, look, look what I did. If it's bad, well, we're going to blame the head coach. We're going to blame the quarterback. We're going to blame the receiver. We're going to blame the assistant head coach. Like, no, that wasn't me. But, like, if it was good, hey, look what I did. Look what I did, y'all. Look what I did. It was Barry so, Switzer's gun. Right. Yeah. You know, well, Barry Switzer was hired, and he just took over Jerry Jones. I mean, uh, Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson's team and basically just kept kept it going. Have they had uh, a coach since then? Uh, well, they had Bill Parcells for a little bit. And then he was like, yeah, I can't put up with this shit. I'm done. Right. And then it went like Chan Gailey and uh, other also Rands. And then now they've got McCarthy. Didn't they have um, a, the, the backup quarterback for a while? Jeff Garrett or something? What was Oh, name? Jason Garrett. Yeah. yeah he wasn't was, he, he, wasn't was he like the, the coach like twice? No, just one. Well, he was an assistant coach under Wade Wilson. Right, and then they fired Wade, and then he took out, and then he finished the season, and he just kept him. So okay, that's that's the last Dallas Cowboys coach I remember. Yes, uh, who's now in New York, I think. 
um, working with the Giants. So uh, he's a perfectly good quarterbacks, coach. Yeah, yeah, no, he's fine. Uh, so let's uh, real quick before we go forward any further, let's do uh, acknowledge the chat. Nat, uh, chat, we acknowledge you. Uh, Media M Five, welcome Lab Rat. Uh, we also see here that uh, Chris Winland has made an appearance. Uh, TGRC TV has made an appearance, and Scott Woodford, who likes my Minnesota Twins hat. Well, thank you, sir. This hat was bought about 20 years ago at a family reunion at a Twins game, and I have kept it ever since. And then anytime we go to Minnesota for family reunion, this hat comes with me, and it um, it, it makes its pilgrimage back to its motherland. So, shout-outs um, to many. Shout-outs to many, right. Um, I stole one from Scott Erickson when he came to the Orioles. <laughs> Uh, uh, guys, a couple other things I wanted to talk about real quick. Uh, more pop culture a little bit. Uh, video and stills have been released of Samoa Joe playing Sweet Tooth on the Twisted Metal uh, TV series. Uh, again, like, cool. Like, I, I think he looks great. I think it's going to be a fun thing. But the idea of we're taking this classic video game, which had no story, and we're making a TV series out of it. Um but hey, Anthony Mackie is playing the driver of the red car. I don't even remember what that car was. And then you had because let's be honest, Sweet Tooth was the wait, main wait. character. The red car? That's Lightning McQueen. I know this one. <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. Yeah. Lightning McQueen. Anthony Mackie is driving Lightning McQueen. And uh Samojo is playing Sweet Tooth, which um, you know, I, look, the the biggest thing is his face is covered the entire time. He's wearing a mask. Um, but uh, hey, he's done lucha, right? He can he can be used to that. But still, does this is this something that's? I mean, it, obviously, it's good for Samoa Joe. Is this good for AEW in the long run? Do you think? Um, Chris is shaking. Said no, but we'll, we're going to go with Evil Dose. Uh, Jeff, what do you think? Is this good for AEW in the long run? Again, I don't play video games. I don't know what this game is, uh, or and I'm not even sure I know what the source material is. To be frank with you. Um, I don't think it, it's going to have any effect on AEW anyway, because his credit in the in the show is probably actually his real name because it's a SAG credit. So so unless you know it's Samoa Joe, you're not going to know it's Samoa Joe. So mm -hmm. no, I think it's going to be an inside baseball thing. I think it's always good when wrestlers, no matter what, can can get themselves involved in other projects and start building a career, even if it's little bit parts like this, because they beget other parts. And once you're reliable, once you know that you're a voice actor, you can work with CGI or, you know, you can work, then you get jobs on video games and Smojo has a great voice and he's a great character. And wrestlers are, it's actually a fairly natural transition for them to be actors. Because if you think about it, listen, as much as I will say wrestling is not a sport, it also requires a whole lot of disciplines that other athletics and other acting doesn't. So a wrestler needs to first know how to turn up its character, turn down its character. They have to be able to play face and heel. They have to know how to ignore the crowd and the cameras completely. But they also have to know how and when to play to the cameras and to the crowd completely. They need to have physical charisma. They need to have emotional charisma and, and just a, a presence. So there's, you know, there's a whole bunch of skill sets that, that they need to have. So like an, an actress on Broadway really just needs to be able to ignore the lights and, and the crowd while they're acting. 
but they but they don't ever have to turn it on where they have to you know uh, play up to the crowd and they play the same character probably every day unless it's an understudy who's you know they understudy for two or three different roles mm -hmm. uh, just at the end they take their bow and they you know get their flowers and go like this. so um I think it's great for Samoa Joe and and if he can make any referrals for other people to do it listen listen this is not a guy I talk about very often and nobody does because he's sort of been a minor leaguer most of his life even when he's been in major leagues but Frankie Kazarian he's been a SAG member since 2003 and you know what he's had the entire time benefits through SAG uh, because he's gotten like you know at least three or four little bit part credits you know, as, as, you know, thug number six or a background mm -hmm. player in a, in a video game or whatever this entire time. And every wrestler should try to do that. You're not all going to become Batista, John Cena, but this is a great way to build a second career for you, some supplemental income, royalties, residues, but more important, access to a guild where you can get health benefits and with group rates and stock away retirement. So good yeah. for them as far as your actual subject question. No, I don't think it makes any difference, Ray. Yeah. Coco has done that as well. Uh, and so, uh, by the way, uh, what's up? Uh, Jerome has made it into the chat. And Labrat says this, and I went and looked this up. Joe is just the body. Will Arnett is the voice. So we're not even using Samoa Joe in a speaking role in this. Apparently, he's not speaking at all. It's Will Arnett who's, who's voicing the character. He's just the body. And I did look that up, and that is what they mm -hmm. have listed. Um but, I like Will Arnett, but too bad for Joe. I mean, he's got a great voice. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it would have been a good, you know, because I, I haven't seen, I've just seen, like, video clips of him walking around and stuff. I haven't seen or heard the voice acting yet. And this I happened before, though. Shad Got Sparred was was the uh, body in one of, the, I think, the Suicide Squad movies, one of the, the second one. Um, but somebody else was was the voice for the limited roles, that, the limited speaking roles that character had. So in the, what was he still alive when that second one came out? No, he he wasn't. He had, he had died like you know a few months earlier. Because the the only thing I could think of of the character he would have been would have been the shark guy, which Stallone no, no, was. No, he wasn't. He, he he was one of like the un, he was like one of the bad guys in the end scene, like in the in like the haunted house. He was like a big guy with a hammer. Oh, uh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. As he froze. <laughs> uh, all right. No, okay. No, and I mean, I see, I know Cole Cabana's done that. He's been on a few like Chicago Fire show, you know, shows and stuff like that because he's from the area and they write him in um, and, and having those kind of things, which is neat. Well, that's right. Cole probably gets himself health insurance through pro wrestling tees. Right. Well, probably that too. And Chris, you said no. So is there anything you feel you want to expand on with this, uh, with Samojo being on this and nothing towards AEW? Um, yeah, I just, uh, maybe just a slightly more succinct version of what Jeff said. Anyway, I I've, I've said for a really long time that if you're a professional wrestler and that's the thing that you want to get into, um, for every two hours of training you put into the ring, you should put in an hour of acting. Um, you should be training yourself how to be a stage performer because that's really the job of being a professional wrestler. I've said it a hundred thousand times. <clears throat> the best thing the best part about being a professional wrestler, what sets you apart from the other people in the ring is not the moves you do. It's everything you do between the moves. It's your physical acting. It's your charisma. It's the way that you connect to the crowd. So um, as far as this being big for AEW, no, not at all. And uh, again, doubly because he's not even voicing the character. Like who played Darth Vader? Everybody here thought James Earl Jones. That's not who physically played Darth Vader, but that was the voice, and that's what we care about. So, you know, right. just 
keep that in mind. It's good for Joe. I'm happy for him that he's doing something good. But I mean, for AEW, this is nothing. It's not a needle mover at all. Yeah. So, by the way, Dar- uh, David Prowse was the actor who played uh, Darth Vader in the suit. Uh, he was actually, there's actually three people in the suit. There was David Prowse, who was there the whole time. There was another gentleman, I forget his name, when the helmet came off at the end of Return of the Jedi. And then, of course, um, James Earl Jones voiced, voiced Darth Vader. But uh, David Prowse was actually a world, he's a world famous uh, by bodybuilder and bodylifter. He worked out um, Harrison Ford for Indiana Jones. Um, he did a lot of just uh, weight training for actors and various things. Um, so uh, yeah, medium five, good try. I gotcha. Um, um, but, you know, we, I, mean, I know Miro has done some acting now. I think he was on a uh, Law & Order show. Um, it, like we, I think we all agree in the long run, it's good for these guys to, to get gigs like this. But the question becomes, well, just like it seems like with AEW, we're having to create a third show to get all the talent on the TV screen. You know, someone saw your shirt, Jeff, and said, where is Bobby Lashley, right? It, it, we haven't seen him in, what, a month now? A month and a half? Mm-hmm. Uh, Something like that. You know, it feels like. Um, and that dude, you know, I think looks like a million bucks and should be on TV. Should um, be Superman. Yeah, right? I mean, so... I mean, how Marvel doesn't cast him as Luke Cage Power Man, I have no idea. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, that's... I don't know. But, you know, these are the things that, you know, it makes me wonder. AEW has now got a third show to put on. Miro is going to be on that show. He's that's Apparently, that's his. Sh- that's going to be the show he's going to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrade, that's the show he's going to be a part of. CM Punk, Maybe. you know. Yeah, right, if he shows up and leaves Charlotte Flair um, for a period of time that's longer than two days. Um, you know, these... It seems like AEW is throwing more shows to get these people on there. Is 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 this something that WWE might have to do, or are they going to have to go? Hey, look, you're going to have to like go to main event, and and we need to get more of our regular guys on here. Um, like, what do you think is the like? Because I mean, there's guys that I haven't seen on TV in a while with WWE, and I want to see them on TV. What do we think that? fix needs to be or do these guys need breaks we need to have them off the air for a long period of time but it shouldn't that be after something significant right yeah, i mean a rotating schedule would be great just some some kind of a rotating schedule where <clears throat> you know um guys so that guys are basically only really on tv for 10 months out of the year would be great and i mean it would be great for every single performer and mm-hmm. you could do that in the wwe and not everybody you know it's not the same thing as a sports league where there's an off season and everybody's off so you have to basically just not show your sport for you know however many many months the off season is um in wrestling you can just give a guy a couple of months off and say all right we'll see you in we'll see you in december you know joe mm-hmm. and um and you know you have an angle you, you recent you know up until very recently you could you could do something really crazy where a guy takes a pile driver on the floor oh and then and then that that gives you an excuse although you know, now considering what happens in professional wrestling, maybe you'd have to actually blow him up in order to in order to make the the crowd think that he deserves a few months off. But um, yeah, um, yeah, blow up the ring like they did in AEW. That'll that'll convince everybody that they that they need time off. Um, 
but yeah, you could do that in wrestling very easily, and it would be great for your performers too. It would it would lengthen people's career by a lot, is is my imagination. Because this twenty four hour, you know, every single day, every you know, three hundred and forty days a year or whatever schedule that the WWE tends to sometimes keep, that's not good for your body. It can't be. There's no way it could be. I mean, having known guys who are doing the wrestling thing now, it's it's a you know, it's it's not good. I mean, look, hell, Lance. Lance is, you know, what, 6'8", 275. He's in his mid-40s, and he went to Japan, and now he's in England right now. So he, he literally got off a plane in Japan, spent a couple of days here in town, and then got on a plane to go to England um, to do a show over the weekend over there. I don't care who you are. I don't care. I mean, even if he's in first class, there is no way that dude is not feeling like shit. You know, time changes. Yeah, time changes. I mean, he had back surgery for Christ's sake in Japan. You know what? Five, ten years ago. Um, I mean, you mean to tell me that that doesn't get stiff and sore and doesn't hurt like a you know mofo if you're you know taking bumps and doing all kinds of other stuff? And I mean, it's not like his match with Will Ospreay in New Japan was you know a, a cakewalk. I mean, they put their bodies through some stuff on that match, and then you know you got to get on a plane, recover, and then come back and. Oh wait, let me get on another plane and do it again. And I'm six eight, so surely a first class seat is, you know, I mean, it's better than flying economy, but you're still not going to be completely comfortable in a seat like that. And flying eight hours or twelve hours or fifteen hours like that, it's just it's got to be awful. Look, if we can rotate these guys, if we give them, but let's do it because they've done something meaningful. Now, like you said, Chris, a pile driver on the floor is a transition spot. You yeah, know, it doesn't no even longer, get you the finish. It's no longer a finish. It's no longer something that we go, oh, my God. You know, I mean, hell, we're seeing that sometimes now when they take the ring steps off and they smash somebody with it. And it's like, oh, they come back next week. Oh, oh yeah. And, you know, my arm is sprained. I'm like, bitch, you got hit with the ring steps. Your arm should be broken. Like, let's let's not let's not, you know, pretend here. So I don't know. Like, there are things that are being done right now outside of wrestling that makes me go like, okay, cool. Like, I'm glad they're able to do that. Let's 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 tell a story that gets a guy off the screen so that he can go do a TV show. So he can go do whatever. Like you say, Chris, we can we can schedule that around that. But that just doesn't even seem to be the case anymore. It's just like, yeah, just whatever, just go. I don't care. You know, just you know. Oh, Bobby, you're here. Cool. Uh, yeah. We'll just hang out and catering, and then we'll let you know. Right, if we if we need you, we know like WrestleMania you, all over again. Yeah, right. I mean, so I don't know. It's 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 frustrating, because especially when you see people you like and they're not being used properly. It's hard, and that's uh. And ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Ben Shlomo has entered the chat, so we can now properly start the show. We can now do that. Um, Shabbat Shalom. Yeah. Uh, so guys, I did see the, and then one last thing I want to talk about this week was, um. It feel that it was an article that I read, and I forget where I read it, but it was talking about how they felt like Triple H and Tony Khan both have no discipline when it comes to their booking styles. That um, Triple H is a little bit more disciplined, but is willing to drop stuff quickly, whereas Tony Khan has no discipline whatsoever. Like you're going from one extreme to the other, right? Um, do you guys feel that's an accurate assessment of these two guys and their booking styles, or is there some 
some other direction you think would would apply to either one of these guys? I, I think for both of them, it's a combination of both of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, everyone's right about Tony Khan, but what were you? But you know, what's your what's the discipline? Is it the discipline? I mean, he, he will drop and forget about things on a dime. I mean, there's things that are forgotten every week, and uh, you know. Uh, I watched uh, Rampage this morning, and actually there were some things that didn't make sense, but they tried to make sense of it, so I can see some of that's getting better. But at the same time, despite something not working, Tony Khan has the discipline, if you want to call it discipline, to stick with it no matter what. The four pillars story, nobody gave a damn, but he stuck with it. You know, a a lot of the stories, the the Jericho Appreciation Society, nobody cares about the Jericho Appreciation Society, not Raiden's, but he sticks with it. Now, is it because those are his friends or his discipline? I don't know. But Triple H, who everyone was talking about was the panacea. I mean, I've been saying it from early on that he, 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 I'm sorry, he books a lot like Vince with elements of Tony Khan and Really, the, the main difference he's done is bring back a whole lot of people, which which put a lot of goodwill out there in the world with fans and with the wrestling community. And that's not nothing. That's mm-hmm. important. If if you are a wrestler and you think the WWE is going to cut 30 people at any given time to to make themselves look leaner and more profitable, why, w- why would you go there if you can make a similar amount somewhere else and, and live with a little bit more security and freedom? Um, so I think that improved morale and and you know made it a, a, an attractive destination once again mm-hmm. um but as far as his booking i mean I, I don't know the bloodline story was was in existence before he got there the the judgment day dominic story was in existence before he got there he's had the discipline not to stray from them and 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 yes i think his booking is a little bit more traditional but but is it fantastic i mean it's not that that much different than billy corgan's except it takes longer because you know billy corgan only has eight weeks or 12 weeks between pay-per-views so right, you right. know and that's his whole season and then you know the next time the, the his entire cast might be different with the exception of five people so uh you know i i wouldn't say either one of them are particularly good at discipline i mean if anything i'm going to be hard on triple h about it because they have 75 years of experience and an entire staff there of writers and content continuity managers and experts that supposedly they would listen to i mean this whole thing with the belts and Roman with two belts, but now on the website, he's only got the one, which is what he should have, but they never surrendered them. They never clearly said, I mean, they're trying to fix the women's belt thing, but instead of clarifying that they have Charlotte return and, you know, basically cut the line again, um, which, you know, I guess is going to be a three-way or whatever, but who, who knows, but, but that was dumb. I mean, right now the belts are the things that they need to clarify. The next contender can wait one week. So, right. I don't think either one of them is particularly great at this. Yeah. Uh, Chris, what do you think? Do you feel like those assessments of our current head bookers right now are appropriate or is there something else? Um, I think that there's a lot that goes into what Triple H does and why his booking might not be um, as disciplined as we might like it to be. I think that there's a lot more than just him writing a show. I think that when Triple H was allowed to just write a show and not worry too much about everything else, we got NXT uh, from the Kevin Owens era until very recently, until NXT 2.0 basically started. And I think that if you took a look at that era of NXT, 
you would probably say that that was um, one of the best five or six year periods in a professional wrestling company creatively um, in the last three or four decades. And I, I mean that really mm. seriously. I think that what you got in that was really high quality stuff. We got FTR, we got, um, you know, he did something important and meaningful with guys like Johnny Gargano, which mm. seems incredible when you actually think about how bland and boring Johnny Gargano is. Yeah. Um, he did something really meaningful with uh, Bailey and Sasha. I mean, their you know, their matches when Bailey was still super hyper, you know, babyface Bailey were, I mean, genre defining, to be honest with you. So I think that when when you see Triple H really just allowed to do whatever he wants creatively, you get some really, really exciting stuff. Now, in the WWE, there's a number of things that you have to take into account when it comes to creative, right? Because there's going to be people saying, oh, no, we can't do that. Or there's going to be talent saying, I don't want to do that. Or, you know, you're going to have all these different people saying all these different things. You have to take into all of that, you know, you have to take all of that into account. Whereas in AEW, I mean, Tony Khan is booking for one man, and that's for Tony Khan. Tony Khan does whatever Tony Khan wants to do, basically. And we see how completely ridiculous it is. Now, I'm going to give you an example of just how bad the booking can be in terms of discipline with Tony Khan. Jeff was actually just recently on with me this week when we reviewed uh, when we reviewed uh, Wednesday night. And um, <laughs> there was a women's match where Anna Jay came out as Anna Jay AS. Now, she debuted that character about two or three months ago at this point where she's okay. a heel and she's with the Chris Jericho Society, right? She's with right. the Jericho Appreciation Society at JAS. So she's no longer Anna J. She's Anna JAS. Get it? Isn't it funny? <laughs> anyway, puns. Um, but she came out, she was a heel, right? And then completely dropped that gimmick and was a straight up baby face for about a month. I mean, no explanation of why she dropped it. No explanation of why she wasn't a part of the uh, Jericho appreciation society. Zero, 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 nothing to it. And mm. then last week she came out as Anna JAS with somebody from the Jericho appreciation society in her corner, acting like a heel again. That's a real example of the lack of discipline that Tony Khan has. He has none whatsoever, and he'll just go from one thing to another to another with zero explanation whatsoever. I don't see that kind of lack of, of, of discipline with Triple H. I mean, even though Triple H has a lot more to deal with when he's booking his show than I think Tony Khan Except does. in one case, and it wasn't his probably his fault, and that was the whole thing with Bray Wyatt, where he gave Bray Wyatt as, uh, as much rope as he could do when well, Bray Wyatt still hung himself. That's what Bray Wyatt does. That 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 is what Bray Wyatt does. You he know, hangs that's what himself said, every single time. Until then, I didn't realize it. I, I was in denial. Like, folks out there in the world, I just hope somebody out there loves you as much as I loved Bray Wyatt and Bobby Lashley, of course. Uh, but if somebody loves you and gives you as much excuses as I gave to Bray Wyatt, that's a keeper in your life. Yeah. yeah. Well, and media, media M5 in the chat is asking what was, you know, what was meaningful with Gargano? I mean, hey, hey, come on. Like, DIY? Like, come on, man. Hey, yeah. Hey, the whole the DIY storyline, the feud with him and, and, and Champa, if you didn't enjoy that, I, I don't, 
I don't really know how you're a wrestling fan. I mean, there are things to nitpick at it. Sure, they're too small, and they are too small. But, but they, not in they, NXT. Not in yeah, that not NXT. in NXT. Exactly. And I mean, they they that was a really really great storyline. It, it was. was it, and they had some matches that were just absolutely fantastic matches that made sense. Not just people doing flips and shit and getting blood for no reason. Every part of that story made logical sense in a professional wrestling story. Uh, wise, I mean, that was really good. It, it was really good, and I think that you know he deserves credit for that. And he yeah. had every time he had every title, some of them twice. I mean, so uh, the way he worked, he 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 turned Austin Theory in, in, into just a body, into a character. Um, somehow, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis were interesting. Somehow, he was interesting when they all wore. Like, some things just work, and we right. don't know why they work, and that's why you have to try stuff. And and it's okay if something doesn't work to stop it. To I, I'm all I'm all for plugging pulling the plug. Maximum male models. They gave it too much time. It didn't yeah. work. Maxine Dupree with Alpha Academy. It looks like it could very well work. Right. Yeah. I mean, but let's be honest, there's a majority of the time where we watch something and we end up saying, oh, it didn't work. Shit. We said, I'm crying out loud. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I spoke over your little gimmick. Yeah. I didn't know what you were doing. I'm crying out loud. <laughs> yeah. That's the majority, uh, you know, that's the majority of the things that, uh, you know, it, it feels like a lot of times, though. And I, I guess if you want someone to sound like an old Jewish man from New York complaining. You actually have one here. So yeah, you, yeah. if you just tell me, you just give me a cue and I'll go off ah, for crying out loud. Well, that no, I was I was invoking uh, I was invoking Jack O'Neill from Stargate SG-1 played by Richard Dean Anderson. That's what that was, you know. Um, because I love Stargate SG One, and it, it, it feels like I hear Great that show. in my brain. Well, uh, well I was invoking Jerry Seinfeld's mother from Seinfeld. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> or so that's any what... character from anyone. Everyone loves Raymond. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But I, you know, to me personally, I, you know, I, I feel like, you know, we were all optimistic when Triple H, you know, because we had this ground idea of NXT, and I, I like going in. I knew it was like, look, he's not going to have the NXT run. He's not going to be the free-for-all and, and be able to do that. But there was just some hope because it seems like Triple H is such a student of the game, you know, uh, of wrestling, of the history and everything along those lines. Game. Right. He is the game. But, like, no, he really understands the history of it, the respect. And it seems like he really appreciates good storytelling. And then, it, and then like, it felt like there was that, that idea of, hey, we're going to go this route. And then it's just become like how much of it is, well, shit, we got to write for this week and then we got to write for next week and then we got to write for next week. Like, do you think that can be the thing that like, well, shit, you know, yes. because let's be honest, today's last night's show felt like a rinse and repeat from the week before. I, I don't even think it's just that. I think that they're all they have too many people involved in everything Too many people, It's like it's a big business, but still a little business. Mm. I think they're busy trying to book these international shows and trying to figure out all the logistics and 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 the con here and we're going to do the this show that night before are we going to do an nxt show who are we bringing who aren't we bringing who from the crew is coming what what's this what's this per diem stipend supposed to be in london versus puerto rico i i mean i you know i think that he's dealing with all of that shit instead of just you know either doing being the head writer or letting the head writers do their things. And and frankly, I don't blame him because a year ago, his father-in-law threw him out. Yeah. 
and his father-in-law's back in a in a lesser sort of not quite defined role and there are people above him but we're but they've said a million times we don't really want to be involved in this right with which if you read but according to apparently some of the reports monday's show was heavily influenced and changed by vince you know so i mean i can repite i can type that right now and issue that as a report i could send that report out monday night in 48 hours and people would believe it they're just saying they're just talking yeah Yeah, who knows i mean because we're not there we're not seeing the things but i think i think the fears that we're seeing is that vince because there are some things that are happening that feel very vince like yeah, but there are also some things that feel exactly unVince. Like we saw sure. a, a vignette for Johnny Gargano. Vince McMahon would never do a vignette for Johnny Gargano. Vin, Vince McMahon hated Bronson Reed. Bronson mm-hmm. Reed's being fe- featured. So, I mean, and like I said, that is entirely consistent with my view, which may or may not be correct, of Triple H, who has elements of Vince and has elements of Tony Khan. Mm-hmm. And listen. And we've all been waiting for a happy medium. Maybe this is the closest we get to a happy medium on the big stage because maybe there are too many other pressures from networks, advertisers, in-show sponsors, wrestlers with creative control clauses or people making millions of dollars. And maybe the person making $300,000 is really getting over. But you got to put the person making $3 million on TV. Otherwise, it's a waste of investment. How do you explain that to investors sure. in Endeavor right now? So maybe there's just too, maybe there's just too many factions, and this is the, the best we get. Um, you know, people were looking, talking about Impact, saying, look at the freedom they're doing. Well, well Impact just crowned Alex Shelley as their <sighs> world champion. I mean, don't tell me I need to watch Impact when, when they're doing the youth movement of Alex Shelley. I mean, I, Steve Macklin isn't someone I would brand him, I would brag about, but at least he was young and new and you could say we're going with a youth movement yet they're featuring bully ray pco and now alex freaking shelly as a solo star oh and don't forget chris saban is the x division champ well of course if one of them has a singles title the other has to have a singles i mean it's the law it's the they're the motor city machine guns they're they're, they're right guns plural right exactly Um, not in the bullet club yeah right but you know it's just um look I think I think like you said, there's a fine line. It feels like it, with impact, the the inmates are running the asylum there. I think you need that line. It's it's hard. Look, it's hard to, to not think about that with about AEW though. Sometimes a little bit, you know, is is the inmates running the asylum? But you know, at the end of the day, we're we're not in any of those rooms. We're just regular people. We're seeing the stuff that we're that we're seeing on TV. We're seeing what's presented to us. I mean, kind of like the media. The media presents to us the, their ideas of what they think news should be. So, you know, here you go. This is what the news is. This is what we think you should believe in the news. Whether it's right or wrong, this is our take on what the news is. Um, it's no longer crafting something so that it can be informative and, and real. It's something that, hey, let's see how many people we could piss off with our news story today. Here you go. Let's call these Canadian wildfires and how they're affecting the United States air quality. Like, what the fuck are you doing right now? Really? Like, are you trying to, like, no, like, it's just fucking wildfire. Like, it happens all the time. How many times have we had our wildfires affect the air quality of fucking Mexico, right? Because California can't seem to turn the fuck off with fire. So they just burn their shit all the time. And Mexico reaps the rewards of that. But I guarantee they're not going, United States wildfires are affecting the quality of Mexico. No, it's just wildfires, and we don't talk about that. 
But no, let's 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 do. Oh well, it's in New York City, and the and the, the it's orange Cassidy colored orange in New York City because of these Canadian wildfires. You know, well, it's, and it's, you know, it's the never thing been a that, secret that that more if some if things happen in the Northeast where there's about six or seven cities with over a million people in it, and if it's affecting them, and that's where most news outlets are headquartered, that it's going to get disproportionate coverage. True. Chris, and you were going to say? Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, the, the way that people are reacting to these wildfires is just fucking hilarious to me. I mean, the, the idea that uh, the idea that we're having wildfires because because of climate change is just asinine. I mean, you're a fucking idiot if that's if that's something that you actually believe. We're not having wildfires because of because because of fucking climate change. There's been wildfires since there's been fire. Um that's just something that happens on this right. planet. Hey, it's a running! Oh! It's, the, it's the wildfire, Tommy Rich. Yeah, there we go. Someone say fire up. Yep. Anyway, um, that's my daughter Freya. Um, but yeah, like, listen, th- th- that narrative is just, it, it, it drives me nuts because, you know, um, somebody brought up, to me too like oh what what about what about california it's always on fire and i was like yeah you mean the place that the spanish literally named the named the valley of smoke when they got there yeah it is on fire all the fucking time because that's what happens in california um you know if, if you if you if you figure out per tree like how much carbon is taken back out of the atmosphere per tree or per uh, acre of tree canada's net carbon is negative 7.245 trillion tons and heroes so you know the idea that the idea that it's climate change and oh it's because the no it's because fucking forest fires have happened since the beginning of time you numpties yeah it's fucking stupid yeah numpties you went there oh wow (laughs) wow he he went He went pure Canadian curse word there's, on that there's, one. There's no recovery from this. There's no, no recovery from no, that. No, it's over. We're moving it's on. Over. We have to move on. We have yeah. to move on. Well, it's. I, I guess we probably should. It's. It's now. Uh, we've been 45 minutes in, and we haven't talked a lick of SmackDown yet. So, as per usual, uh, you know. But and I'm sure if anything pops up else that's not SmackDown related, we'll talk about it because, in my opinion, this week's show was a rinse and repeat of last week's show, like. A hundred percent. We we just switched some characters who did the same thing. Oh, we got a new belt. Instead of this time, it's not Roman Reigns, it's Asuka. Okay, new belt. Uh, cool. And it's just like the other one, but white. You know, cool. Um, then we had, oh, look, we had uh, Money in the Bank matches again. Yay! Huh, 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 cool. Uh, you know, the, again, well, the you only should thing- have money in the bank matches going up to money in the bank. I mean, it makes <laughs> sense. I, I and I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I understand that, but at the same time, it's like, okay, like the only format difference it felt like the show was from last week to this week was the bloodline story in the sense of we had a match the where you know Jay was going to get to fight, you know, for the U.S. title. Let's go. You've got the U.S. title. And then, you know, the intrigue that was left with that, that that's the only difference we've had in this entire show format, which like, I get it. I understand. But, man, it would have been nice to have something a little different, you know, for this. But let's talk about it. And, I mean, maybe they did rinse and repeat because they were in Des Moines, Iowa last night at the Wells Fargo Center uh, for June 9th of 2023. So, um, I've and never that, been that's Chris Wheeland territory. 
Is it Chris Wheeler territory? Chris, do you live He's from Iowa? You, are you in Iowa? How far, Chris? How far are you from uh, uh, Seth Rollins? <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's talk about that. I so, could have heard Chris Whelan is his taller. It's true. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. So um, we get the uh, recap, of course. And then Sol Sokoa and Paul come in, Heyman come out, and they were immediately interrupted by Jay. Um, and Jay told Sol he let a lot of things slide, but stabbing his big brother is not something we do. And, you know, he had this really fiery promo about that um, – he doesn't know if he can forgive him and, you know, all these kind of things. And then Paul says that it was Jimmy's fault because Jimmy made up his own mind, not for himself, but he made his mind up for Jay as well. And then Jimmy pulled the trigger for both of them. And says Jimmy resents Jay because, you know, uh, Roman is grooming him to be the next tribal chief. So they throw this out there for Jay to kind of, you know, oh, okay, well, you know, you can be the next tribal chief. And that he's going to take him under his wing and he's going to be a singles champion because Jay has never held a singles belt in WWE in his entire career there. Um, and then he's going to beat Austin Theory and then Roman will embrace him and groom him to be the next tribal chief. But Roman, but Heyman needs his answer now. And Zed said he will take him up on the U.S. challenge and he sends his hand and he says, I'm going to get back with you on that and rolls out. And then... Um, you know, so we had a very intriguing thing. So for the first time ever, we've talked about a little bit of a, a secession plan where Jay is going to become the new tribal chief, supposedly, as aren't, we do that. Aren't they like the same age? Yeah, I think so. Like, they're not that far apart from each other. Like, I, I actually think the Usos are like a year older than Roman. Yeah. Uh, here, let me look. I'm going to look this up. Jay Uso. Like, yes, I know that Solo is like eight or nine years younger than the than the Uso brothers. Right. Um, so it would make sense. He wouldn't necessarily be upset or jealous because, like, he'd be the natural next one afterwards, the next generation. Yeah. So Roman is 38. Jay is 37. Okay. All right. So I, I, Roman is older. All right. Yeah, yeah by, by like okay. a year. All right. So th- this is this is quite a succession plan. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, but and, and uh, if anything, I think, Jimmy and Jay have been in WWE longer than Roman has. Oh yeah, They're yeah, much sure. longer. Yeah, much yeah. longer. So yeah, like, were among the only ones there who didn't go through NXT. Roman went through NXT. Right. Yeah. And so it it to me it's just funny how this you know, the story is playing out in that sense. But you know, uh, it's that idea of hey, we're going to entice Jim, uh, Jay, and he's going to he's going to turn on Jimmy because you know we're going to give him all these things and. Sure. Um, and of bribery. course, yeah, bribery. Look, if, if they don't join you with honey, join them with money, you know, right? Isn't that what they say? If you so, can't rule them with fear, rule them with beer, right? There you go, good one. Uh, but then we got so then from there, um, which, uh, again, another interesting twist to in this story, which I really enjoyed. Again, they, they, they keep proving that they can make this bloodline story work. I mean. I don't know about you guys, but I thought this was a very good segment for an in the ring start of the show talky segment. Really good, Chris. What did you think about this opening segment? Uh, yeah, I thought the same thing that I've been thinking every single time. Basically, that there's a segment with the <clears throat> with the bloodline, and that's all right. I I need to see how this goes. I mean, I need to see how. I, like, even if I, you know. I I very much want uh, you know most wrestling shows to just turn them off 
And even though I really wanted to turn this show off at points, I was I was hooked because I needed to see what was going to happen with the, with the bloodline at the end of this show. And yeah. I think that they I think that they could have really leaned in and made something way more interesting at the end of this show. But we'll get to that when we get to the main event. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I what can I say? This is the this is the best thing about professional wrestling right now. And for me, it's not even there's nothing that's even remotely close. I mean, mm-hmm. I really want to see Danielson and Okada. I really want to see that match. But this the. That's one match. That's going to be done and over with in a half hour max, right? Mm-hmm. This is an entire storyline that I'm hooked on. I need to see the next chapter, and then I need to see the next chapter after that, and then I need to see the next chapter after that. I'm hooked on this. Yeah. Uh, the only match, the only thing I would say story wise that it's any good, it involves Okada, but it's Okada uh, from New Japan versus uh, Kyo y- Yaima uh, from. Uh, all Japan, no, no, not all Japan from Noah, and them just beating the shit out of each other and hating each other and wanting to fight. And they just keep extending that story. They did it again this past weekend with All Together, where they had All Japan, Noah, and New Japan wrestling together. And the first thing Okada does, and I think him and no, they were on opposite teams. And instead of wrestling the guy he's in the ring, Okada runs over and drop kicks him like for real. And then he comes back and he grabs against Okada and beats him. Look, it's, it was funny. Um, I'm sorry. I just blacked out. Were you speaking like Asuka? I didn't understand a word. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I didn't. I, I couldn't understand what you were saying. A few no, French star nobody's ready for Asuka, and both of you can just do that. Um, okay. You can sit so, on it and rotate it. So. No origami versus paper mache? Right. Um, that wrong? Oh. Something <laughs> about the Shogunate. I didn't I didn't yeah. quite get everything exactly. you were saying. Exactly. So, uh, okay. and Jess, I'm assuming this was a good uh, A-plus segment for you. Yeah, no, no. I mean, listen. I, the only issue I have with the bloodline, because it is so good, and it is far and away the, the best thing in wrestling storylines on screen that's intended to be. I mean, what's going to happen with CM Punk and his friends versus you know the, the rest of AEW and their friends is is the thing I'm most interested in. And I'll be honest, I want I want there to be dumpster fires along the way. I want there to be mini explosions and major explosions. I want I want all the drama. Um, I'm a little interested in what they do with Don Callis, Kenny Omega. Not because I think they'll do it well. I think they're going to do it poorly. Um, the Dominic Rhea thing already seems to be fading, which somebody that I know that looks a lot like me predicted. Anyway, yeah, but I, it's it's starting to feel like because they know it's the best thing and it's really the only thing that they're not really trying on a lot of other things and and there's too much. And we'll get to it in a little bit, but I'll just I'll spoiler so I don't have to repeat it later. I really didn't need to see Sami Zayn involved in this again. Like he doesn't need to be the voice of the audience any longer. Just keep them apart. Let them deal with you know with you know with with the tag team world. I I don't need him you know being you know the the angel on on the side of of Jey Uso and Paul Heyman being the devil on the side of Paul Heyman. I, I, right. I just just move that along. Folks, yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't want a wrestling show almost ever with three or four segments of the same groups in the same show. Right, uh, gentlemen, our diversity hire is here. Elizabeth has been to the show. Hey, I, Elizabeth, I thought you were supposed to be like peopling today, like doing fairs and stuff. But yet, look, we're people. The, well, we are people, and look, 
she's supposed to be doing like craft fairs and and making money or doing whatever like winning money so uh going to the racetrack but still she showed up so hey any of y'all who say you can't make it because of whatever elizabeth showed up going to a craft fair and apparently going to a racetrack so listen if there's if there's internet and you've got a phone you can watch us yeah why Uh, aren't you dummies why am I okay. talking to the people who are watching us right now? All right. So she says she's been out, went to a craft fair, picked up some yarn, and now she's relaxing until it's time to go to the track. So apparently we are her relaxing time before going to the track. Cool. Um, yeah. Who are you racing, Lisbeth? The, she's going to the horse tracks. Usain Bolt. Oh, okay. She's going to the horse track, bro. Uh, she lives in Ohio. There's nothing better to do than watch horses run around up. Circle while your river is on fire in Ohio. So that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So then we wrestling next to water on fire is tight. Right. The, the, the Japan proves it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so next we go right from that we go right into our money in the bank qualifying match, um, which was Santos Escobar with Rey Mysterio to side versus Mustafa Ali, and we had LA Knight come out to do color commentary. Yeah. So, because at this point, you know, it's very clear that they're investing a lot into LA Knight. So, um, oh, the Belmont is today. She's going to go watch the Belmont. Um, uh, so, I forgot that's today. Um, so, we're watching, because LA Knight obviously is now invested. Even though he won last week, we have to have him on TV at some point. So, um, which is not a, a complaint. It's just, right. you know, it didn't make a ton of sense for this match because, you know, Ray and Mustafa Ali, there's no real connection, but the idea was he was saying, I don't give a crap who's in the ring. I'm going to walk that ladder and I'm going to take that, you know, case and I'm going to be the champ. And so to quote another person from NXT that only made sense in NXT, uh, Tommaso Ciampa, it made every part of sense. Yes, it does. And I mean, it it, it made sense in the fact that we want this guy out here because he is money. He does a good job. Um, And um, hearing him rip on Michael Cole, was was great, and then hearing Wade Barrett's reactions to him ripping on Michael Cole was um, quite hilarious. So that it made for it made for a little bit more of an entertainment of the match. Not that this match wasn't entertaining; it was fine. It was fine. You know, um, every person who's on guest commentary, as far as I'm concerned, is is not just there to add to the mix, but is also there auditioning to be the third voice of Raw. Because God, they need a third voice. Oh yes, they do. For the love of God, um, that look, I don't know how y'all do Raw. I can't. I can't do it. He doesn't. Raw. I do not. I I have I have actively avoided Raw for twenty years, and I will continue to do so. At best, and I'm mostly Russian and Central European. Pain is all we know. Right, (laughs) right. You you live for pain. Um, you know, like I I try to watch the the ten clip highlight that WWE puts out, and even then, I'm just like, I, I can't do it. I can't. I can't sit through the five to well, no, it's more like now eight to ten minute presentation for the top 10 moments on smack on raw and i, I mean you say the five to eight hours that runs no, every week no well <laughs> that's what it feels like i imagine that's what it feels like i, I don't this know week, raw was not bad and it's been really bad the, the, the prior couple mm. of weeks like i don't know i just remember seeing the highlights and going man i'm just and then the thing that kills it for me is the commentary you know like you hear these guys the one guy who talks like this it's not Corey graves it's the other guy i don't even know who he is Kevin yeah. Patrick. Yeah, just uh no. It's terrible. Terrible. No, it's awful. So, uh LA Knight came down to color and Ali 
um, and Escobar, they put on a high-flying kind of match. Um, You know, Ali went to the top rope. Escobar kicked him, and he gave him the Phantom Driver off the top rope. One, two, three. Santos Escobar won. Um, Gentlemen, in this match for the Money in the Bank, did the right person win? Well, yeah. Remember last week you asked us to do predictions on on those matches? I'm pretty sure I went four for four, including this one. Right. Santos says, of course. I mean, Ali is a free agent. His main story is on SmackDown. I mean, on NXT right now. Um, So, yes. Yes, indeed. The right person won. I I mean, you know, Ali would have been too obvious a loser in this. And, you know, Santos with the with the case is not offensive. The LWO is hot right now, but you but the, they'd be even better as heels. And now that their faces, they could actually get heat as heels. So you know who knows. But uh, anyway, I don't think he's going to win the case. But yes, the right person won. The, the, right. Yeah, it wasn't. And I'm not saying were were you right. I'm just saying, do you feel like this right person won? And of course, obviously, we knew Mustafa Ali probably couldn't win because he was already doing something in NXT. Right. I mean, they've set up some kind of feud or whatever. Uh, oh, apparently Raw is in Cleveland on Monday. So because oh. uh, Elizabeth is going the um, mistake by the lake. Yeah, the mistake by the lake. But uh, so Elizabeth has she went to Royal Rumble this year and now she's going to Raw in Cleveland. So um, wow. anyone who question um, questions her fandom of wrestling, y'all can all suck it. Um, she's a super fan of the HMG. Who would question yeah. a fandom of wrestling? Look. People are weird, okay? People are weird. Um, no yeah. argument. Let's be honest. Uh, yeah, we all are. Uh, okay, so, uh, I, yeah, I think we all agreed that the right person, well, Escobar was going to win last week, and, of course, you know, he did because it just makes sense. Let's just uh, say Jimmy picked Ali. Okay, yeah, right. He did, yeah. He probably pulled that one up. Well, you know, I could see it go he either did. way. Exactly and, what he said. He, he, yeah. he's like Mustafa Ali all the way. Yeah. They're, exactly. they're pushing him. They're, they're, yeah. they're pushing, they put him on all brands. They love him. All right. Okay. Uh, then we had this segment, which uh, I think, you know, uh, Jeff, I think you said was it didn't make it, it felt a little forced with having Sami Zayn with Jay and Sami trying to be that voice of reason and, and that, you know, this whole they're remembering the bloodline and, and all that, and he hopes Jay wins the United States Championship uh, so that he can see that the bloodline needs Jay more than Jay needs the bloodline, you know, thing, you know. And, again, this this is the one segment where I felt it felt a little forced. Because like you said, Jeff, I don't need him involved anymore. That This should have been done and over. And we don't – but I don't know. That's me personally. I felt the story could have been fine without it. Could have been fine and moved forward. Chris, what do you think? Does this did this feel a little extra and unnecessary? I mean, it might just be that I'm the resident Canadian and I like Sami Zayn. Um, but <clears throat> to me personally, I, I like his I liked his involvement this week because it wasn't overbearing. He didn't show up in the main event. He didn't come out. He wasn't part of that. But, you know, he's still someone who spent, what, a year as a member of this family, right? He's still somebody who was a a major integral part of this story at one point. So, you know, it's not like he died and he can't be part of the story anymore. So uh, a quick little backstage thing where he just says, hey, look, man, I'm just I don't want to get involved in this much. But I just want to tell you, like, you know this stuff is bad and there's, 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 you know, I just want to warn you about what could happen and that kind of stuff. And then he just disappears and he he leaves it alone after that. I didn't mind that. And 
while I'm definitely one of those people like Jeff who could do without 18 segments of the same fucking person in a night. I mean, I honestly like <laughs> people disagree with me vehemently about this. I could not stand seeing Stone Cold Steve Austin 18 fucking segments every single Monday night when I was a kid. It used to drive me nuts. I don't want to see this guy anymore. He was at the beginning of the show. He's in the show 14 times between the beginning and the end, and he main events. It's really fucking annoying. But who made more money than Stone Cold Steve Austin? What, what storyline made the WWE more money than Austin versus McMahon? So... Yeah, as a fan, as somebody who who prefers like a, a more overarching story, but there's lots of little stories in between. As somebody who prefers that, you know, Russo-esque story um, type where everybody's doing something interesting, I can still look at this and I can say I understand why they're doing it. Yeah. I just wish that he would just, it would be short. Look, I already, I said the larger part earlier, so I don't need to repeat it. What, what I would like, what I'd like to hear him say is, Jay, you don't need the bloodline. And, and I'm proof that you don't need the bloodline because ever since I left, I have what you had, the undisputed tag team championships. I'm a champion without the bloodline. You can be too. And then he could have just walked away. Yeah, it I, could I have been more succinct. Yeah, yeah, I, I get. I guess that's what it was. It was. I don't. It, it's more of. It could have been more succinct. It could have been a little bit, but like at the same time, too. This is driving his partner crazy, and he and his partner's already crazy. So he should stop. He should be part of Team KO at this point. Right. You know. I mean, and, and I guess that's where I'm at with it. Is like, okay, they've moved on. They're 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 done with this. They've they've right. done then. Um. Uh. Todd Brantley, what's up? Yes, we're about to talk about the Sheik. Cheeky baby. Um, uh, but uh, I, I feel like this is something that, like you said, could have been shorter, could have been a little bit cleaner. But at the same time, if anything, this should have been, this is the last statement I've ever, I'm going to say to EJ, you know, from this point forward, it's your decision. It, like it, at this point, it needs, it needs to be done. It needs to be moved on. It needs to kind of, you know, let it breathe on its own without Sammy's, Interference. Let's say me and Kevin get involved with some of their other shit. They're going to have a gauntlet match next week to determine who's going to go up against them, you know, for the titles. So let's focus on that. You know, hopefully Kevin and Sammy come out as commentary for that match, and that'll be a lot of fun, I think, um, to cause a ruckus and to see who is going to be involved. Uh, next, we have uh, Alba Fire and uh, Isla Don or Isla Don, however you want to say it. I don't care. Isla, Isla. Thank you. Um, that's like you know, Island. Yeah, like you know, really, I'm just doing a bit at this point, right? Because you always correct me. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, I've got, I have a special place in my heart for her. Well, okay. Well, uh, I so they're there, but before they get the chance to do anything, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler come in, and they brouhaha. And the the idea is the tag champs, uh, the women's, the NXT tag belts, and the women's tag belts are going to be unified, and they're going to be now one belt. Talk about giving up. Right. I know people think there's too many belts, but I actually think they could use one more, like a women's mid-card belt, because there's too many talented women. But instead of building up women's tag teams, which would make the belts interesting, 
they, they, they're giving up to unify the belts and do this across the brand thing again, which they tried with the Cruiserweight title and that didn't work. And mm-hmm. then it became NXT exclusive, which made no sense. Um, so am I for this? No. But did I, did I like the segment? Yes. Cause I like the, you know, cause for a year or so I've been, I've been wanting the sisters of destruction to be back again and saying they should be the women's tag team champions. And they are. And I've always been, you know, ever since I saw Alba fire and, and Isla Dawn face each other, I'm like, they should be a team. And it took them all three weeks to become a team. And then they got the NXT tag team championship. They are a good team. They work together. And Isla Dawn owns her character. Like, like nobody's business. Uh, I just, I'm just afraid that the bigger roster stars are going to win. And, and in fact, they should. Um, so now, you know, what, what for my spooky witch? I don't, you know, I, you know, personally, personally, I'm, I'm torn about this one. But do I think this segment was good? Yeah, I did think this segment was pretty good. Was it the cleanest segment? No, but, you know, I, I enjoyed this. All right, Chris? Um, yeah, I've been saying for a really long time that I don't, I don't really understand why they're pushing the the women's tag team division. I, I don't, I don't find the women's tag team division to be exciting or interesting at all. Um, when they do have matches, it just seems like, you know, there's maybe two or three teams in the entire company that actually function as teams and everybody else is just single stars thrown together in a team. Um, that's not exciting or interesting to me. So if you're gonna if you're gonna uh, unify the belts so that there are five real teams, okay, well that's at least a division. It's not deep, but it's it's at least a division. Um, but I think if you're gonna do that, then you need to basically pull the trigger on bringing everybody up from NXT who used to be a part of the NXT Women's Tag Team Division and just have a Women's Tag Team Division on SmackDown. And just leave it on one show so that it's not, you know, like Jeff said, traveling between shows because it doesn't work. Just like the Cruiserweight title didn't work. And they tried to make it work in a number of different ways, except for just doing the WCW thing and have a Cruiserweight championship, you know, or a Cruiserweight division match to start every Monday. That that could have worked if they did that but instead they tried to spread it to they they tried to at first spread it too thin where it's on every single show and it's defended on nxt and raw and smackdown although it's really not it wasn't really a part of any of those shows but it was you know allegedly going to be a part of every show and Mm. then they tried to do the opposite thing where they had their own show and god don't do that please do not have a women's only uh TV show. It will not be successful. It will be really, really bad for the company. It will be awful optics also. Don't do that WWE. Allow the women to be a part of the show the same way that the UFC allows women's matches and women's you know, things to be a part of the show. If you get something hot enough, you can main event pay-per-views with it. Hello? Remember Becky Lynch? Um, you know, you can get to there you know, with this, but you've got to do it and you've got to do it properly. It has to be consistent. So a full on women's tag team division on one show or another that can work, but trying to go to every different show, it will not work. It'll, it'll just feel like, 
who the fuck are these people and why are they on my show this week? And if you're the kind of person who wants to follow it, it's going to feel like trying to follow a comic book story arc in the 90s. Mm. I have to buy eight different fucking books in order to find out what's going on in the next chapter. This sucks. Right. Right. So get it together. If you're going to do this, great. But do it on one show so that it's consistent. Right. And And I think to your point of that, um, when you talked about one show and that like the women are incorporated, I mean, look at tonight's MMA, uh, you know, UFC event and the headliner, the main event is Amanda Nunes, you know, a, a woman yep. is the main event, the headliner for the yep. show. Um, and it's because the women are sprinkled throughout the show appropriately. You know, yep. they're, they, they are part of the show. It's the one, you know, Hey, this is it. That idea makes a lot of sense that, hey, we're going to have SmackDown. We're going to have five women's tags and we're going to have at least one women's tag match a night. You know, um, some nights we might have a gauntlet match. Sometimes we might have a three way, but we're going to have one women's tag match a night and it's going to be exclusive to SmackDown so that everybody could keep track of it. It makes sense. I like that idea. Why you're not with WWE? I don't know. Because you're Canadian. That's why. Um, and probably WWE doesn't like Canadians. Uh I personally am like, okay, cool. Like, hold on a second. Wasn't Pat Patterson with them for like 127 years? Yeah, but he was gay, so he fit like a he he fit a specific niche. Right, exactly. And well, uh, you're a cis, which is a a, a a minority now. That's true. I could pretend to be gay. I, I right. could just, I could just. No, I don't it. think you could. No, <laughs> no, you no, could. no. <laughs> I just don't think you could. Yeah, uh, I could, could pretend to be black. Well, apparently, apparently that's, yeah, uh, that's a thing now. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, at the end of the day, like this, this whole, and then this makes more sense of why Alba Fire and Isla Dawn were, uh, were brought up for that reason to, with the titles, because we kept going like, what the hell are they doing with the NXT titles and they're going to be on SmackDown? And obviously this is now because, hey, look, we're going to consolidate to one belt. There's not going to be one belt and to rule them all. I think there was a plan, you know. I, I just yeah. always cross branding with NXT because there's a lot more cross branding uh, right. and marketing of NXT, including Seth Rollins apparently going to wrestle Braun Breaker on NXT, maybe as early as this Wednesday. I'm not entirely clear when that's happening, yeah. but um, yeah, I yeah. saw that. And then, um, you know, yeah, and then, and of course, later on in the show, uh, in one of the money and bank matches, we saw that so. Um, and then, gentlemen, after this segment, we had a video tribute to Sheiky Baby because uh, the Iron Sheik did pass uh, at eighty-one. Uh, what it was Thursday? Like it? Like I think it was real quick. Like all of a sudden, Thursday morning, I wake up and I see it's like Iron Sheik is dead. I'm like, holy yeah. cow! Like it felt like really out of nowhere. Um, but, uh, gentlemen, I would like to get your your guys to your thoughts on the Iron Sheik and his impact in the WWF. Um, uh, Jeff, let's start with you. Um, probably because you're closer to Sheik's age than we are. So, uh, <laughs> uh, what were your thoughts on the Iron Sheik? Listen, the Iron Sheik is is a true legend. He's one of the maybe one of the top five heels of all time. He's certainly one of the most memorable characters of all time. And I stress that character. Um, you know, he he owned that thing, and and it's just sad to me. Especially, it's it's especially melancholy being on the Hanmin media group where one of the closest characters right now to the Iron Sheik is Bin Hanmin that this character would not be allowed to be in wrestling today mm-hmm. because for whatever reason wrestling is the only fiction where we can't actually have 
bad guys or perceived bad guys from a Western perspective or American perspective to actually be bad guys. We, we can't have, you know, white supremacists. We can't have evangelical preachers anymore. All we can, all we can have is mean jocks, chicken shits, and bore, you know, and then spooky stuff, which half the people don't like spooky stuff. I do, right. but half the people don't like spooky. So, you know, as much as everyone's paying tribute to Sheik, and they should, just remember the reason why there's there haven't been characters at even close to like the Sheik is probably because of you or or your friends, because it's not allowed to be. And there was somebody, and I'm going to get into Sheik in a second, but there was somebody from like it, roughly the equivalent of the Arab Defamation League who put out something saying. You know, while we celebrate the life and the importance of the, you know, whatever his real name was, like Hosey something, whatever, mm -hmm. um, life, it, it, it does represent an unfortunate time when Arabs were represented in such a negative light in media. And the Iron Sheik is Iranian. He's really from Iran. Those are right. Persians. They're not Arabs. I mean, there are like 30% Arabs in, in Iran, but but... The guy didn't. Do we know that the Iron Sheik was Arab versus Persian? I don't think he was. I think he was Persian. He was Persian, right? So and so, even the guy who's being woke was wrong in his wokeness, and he was an Olympian for his country. Like, hey, hey, listen, hey, listen, Jeff. The pe the people being woke, being wrong in their wokeness, is generally the fucking case. Well, that's sort yeah. of sad. At least be at least be correct on your facts. I mean, if you're trying to tell us that we have things wrong factually, anyway, the Iron Sheik, you know, love to hate him. The you know those 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 exercise things with those like concrete like bars yeah. that he would like do. Like people tried that, they really couldn't do it. Bob Backlund really injured himself trying to do it. Um, and, and the whole thing with Hulk Hogan coming in and the whole American thing. I mean, we wouldn't have Hulkamania if there wasn't the perfect villain at the perfect time. And yeah, there's a lot of butt for Rocky three. They cast him all of that, the, the, the song, but, and even, but the Iron Sheik, he didn't, he didn't, you know, him and Nikolai Volkov, people forget Nikolai Volkov always singing the, the Russian national anthem in the Soviet era. They were tag team champions multiple times. And then, of course, then there was the, the Gulf War and then Sergeant Slaughter turned and General Adnan and Colonel Mustafa. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, just, just everything about it was great. And then his, his constant war with Hulk Hogan going on oh, and just, yeah. everyone go fuck yourself on Twitter. And like only the she could like be, you know, if that was like almost anyone else, they would be excorated. But the Sheik somehow got away with it because it was just always him. And yeah, I know he lived a hard life, but just one of the great characters in wrestling and i'm saddened by his death but he lived to be 81 and he lived a really hard life so his mm. 81 is probably my 123 and <laughs> and it just makes me sad that we can't have characters like that anymore in wrestling and people right. always complain wrestling's boring well duh you know, yes. and I think that's why people go overboard to try and cheer and get excited about like an Orange Cassidy or like a Danhausen or or even me with the Fiend because at least they're characters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even Bully Ray, I would be closer to that Iron Sheik type character, and even now he he's had to scale back, you know, being who he was. So, but Chris, your thoughts on on Sheiky Baby? Uh, I mean, I can echo a lot of what Jeff said. I mean, just a fantastic character, somebody who, I mean, he's he's a very good example of the old wrestling adage of the best characters are yourself turned up to 11. 
Um, cause he, you know, he really is Iranian. He really, you know, he really came from that country. He really, you know, he didn't really feel a lot of the things that he was saying, but that was something that he had heard a lot of his life, something that was a part of the culture around him, right? Death to America, right? Like he, he probably heard that a thousand times as a kid. Mm -hmm. So, you know, all of those things were a big part of, 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 of his life. And he was able to turn that up to 11, um, <clears throat> Jeff's point about characters not being allowed to do this anymore. I mean, the chat's talking about it right now, but Jeff and I talked about this on the skirmish. I mean, Muhammad Hassan had so much potential as a character, not only as a bad guy, he could have, he, he could have and should have been super, super over as a villain in the WWE, but mm -hmm. he also potentially in the future could have, could have turned that into a really great baby face character because what was he saying when he first got there? It wasn't death to America. It was, yes, I'm Arab. Stop booing me and thinking that I'm something that I'm not. I'm not a terrorist just because I'm Arab, just mm -hmm. because I'm Muslim. That character could have become a really great, especially today. In today's era where everything is woke, that character could have been something really great in terms of a positive you know, woke character. Like that could have been woke. Could you imagine if they did the Dusty Nikita thing? And I know that that was, that was prompted by Magnum TA's tragic accident. But if like John Cena or Kurt Angle took on, took Anon uh, on as their partner at that time, like yeah. we, the, the reconciliation and, and they became a tag team. I mean, that, that that would have been amazing. Mm -hmm. yeah. So much potential. So much potential yeah. wasted because oh, someone got offended. We don't need we, we don't need the, the attitude error to come back. Everybody says we need, you know, you know, PG 13's not good enough. We need, you know, we need something more hard, etc. No, you don't. You really just need somebody writing writing wrestling who will be willing to say to the to the sponsors, calm down, let us tell the story. Okay, right. we're not going to jump to reactions just because you're upset. Okay, and if Snickers doesn't want to be part of the, you know, part of the brand, we'll go talk to Mars bars. Like, just everybody, calm down. Let us tell our stories. We'll show you why why it's good. And if they don't want to be part of it, then they don't want to be part of it. But again. As Jeff said, for some reason, they don't want to be a part of wrestling, but they do want to be a part of Game of Thrones. Like Game of Thrones had rape, incest, you know, uh, child murderers. They, they had all kinds of things going on on that show that, you know, if you did that in professional wrestling, everybody would have been completely up in arms. And it makes no fucking sense. It's or a SPU. live stage show. Law and order is, is racier. Yeah. yeah. Like, come on. We don't need wrestling to be rated R. We just need somebody writing wrestling to tell the, to tell everybody, you know, listen, <laughs> wrestling is pretend relax and let us tell our stories. Right. I mean, he's racier. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, just have interesting stuff. If Tucker was a wrestling character, that would be amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would agree. Uh, you know, we're going to have our Middle East expert weigh in here. Aaron Ben Shlomo. He says, if you tell an Iranian or a Turkish that they're Arabs, you offend them because he says exactly uh, those two nations hate the Arabs and they do not trust them and they think they are superior to them. 
So, I, I had a roommate for about three months um, when I was living in Los Angeles who was Persian. His family was from Iran and uh, he could speak uh, Farsi. And mm. yeah, I mean, people would say, oh, are you Arabian? And he would be like, no. <laughs> like, it just very like, no, I'm fucking not the same way that, you know, like a New Zealander. If you if you if you meet a New Zealander and you say, oh, are you from Australia? They'll be like, no, I'm fucking not. <laughs> or, you know, internationally, if people go, oh, what part of the States are you from? I go, I'm not. I'm Canadian. Like, there's a fucking difference between us. And we haven't had multiple wars between us countries the same way that the Persians and Arabs have so I mean there is a difference and it's important if you want to you know again like a guy from the from the Arab League say oh unfortunately the Arabs were portrayed this way no they weren't because he's Persian yeah Fuck. right like it was like this Labrat says this very well wrestling is fake but you don't you dare play characters right I mean you know uh, look it, it's I mean if you're gonna say, if you're gonna complain about this, like 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 you said, Chris, he's Iranian. He's from that area. He is playing off the things that he has heard and known and seen firsthand. You know, um, so how is that? How is that bad or wrong? You know, that's like saying, hey, you're a black man, so we're gonna have you play an African. You know. Um, yeah. Well, like, I mean, a good example of this that that really worked in professional wrestling and for some reason, I guess, was still OK when it was done was Bret Hart when he turned heel. Right. The you know, and yeah. he touched on a lot of things that people say. Right. He touched on a lot of things that people feel about. Um, I don't think that people necessarily feel this way about Americans, but I do think that people feel this way about America. Um you know, the idea that there's too many wars, that people aren't taking care of each other, that there's too much selfishness and all that kind of stuff. I, I, as somebody who's lived in the States, right, and I lived in L.A. for two years, right, and I used to go to Florida every year when I was a kid uh, for Christmas, right, I, I love American people. I don't necessarily love everything that America, the country, has done, but I think that that's the case about every group and every nationality. You can look at them and you can say – Great people, wonderful human beings, right? Some of the shit that their country has done is bad. It's the same thing with Canada. Canada has this reputation, this sterling reputation around the world as being this great place that's never done anything wrong. But I mean, we had residential schools. You know what I mean? Like we had we had our own problems too that it, it's worth it's worth taking a look at and saying, okay, this was, you know, this part's good, this part's not good, right? Um, but you need to allow people to play with that if they're going to get heat, right? Because mm -hmm. that's how you get good heat in professional wrestling is by is by playing that kind of character. And if you don't let them, then like Jeff said, you're left with basically three different three different variations on heel, and it doesn't go it it never gets the kind of heat that you want. Right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so we want to, you know. Our thoughts go out to the Shiki's family, and um, you know, I think he was a he was a great character. He made an amazing impression. I mean, hell, the resurgence in the back half of his life just from Twitter alone of you know him saying, "I break your back, I make you humble, and I fuck you in the ass." You know, I mean, you know, just raid the random stuff that he would say like that, and um, seeing his reactions to things. But you couldn't help but like the guy. He they were so, he was so charismatic. And when they would show some of those pictures of him, the black and white pictures of him when he was 
in Iran and, and, and on the Olympic team and shit. Like, that dude was fucking, like, handsome. Like, I mean, not to say he wasn't handsome as he got older, but, like, damn. Like, that dude was probably a slayer when he was, you know. <laughs> well, we know John could get a job with the WWE now. <laughs> or Bud Light. Uh, uh, she probably not. <laughs> yeah, which I don't drink, so but they don't have to worry about that. Well, the, well, that's the that's the, the the lasting effect of this whole Bud Light thing is that all people who rejected Bud Light and moved on to other beers realized that everything else tastes better than Bud Light. Right. You know, <laughs> I guess. So, but uh, <laughs> no, look, Aaron. No, you are uh, in Aaron, um Oh, okay. He says who's not HMG. He's the most hated man in the form. Well, you screw no, this. Call yourself short. You're the most hated man here, too. Yeah, we don't like you. <laughs> uh, but that's for different he's reasons. Got a point, not though. He's, he's not he, he has really. a really he has a no. really good point, though. I mean, yeah. that, and that that is. I mean, again, like think about the dichotomy between you know being a Canadian internationally and being Israeli internationally, right? Right. I mean, those are two very very different reactions that people are going to give you, and it has nothing to do with who you are as a person or your family or how the people that you're representing even are. It's about what your country is perceived to have done, which is really right. unfortunate because. You're not a representation of what your fucking government does. Right. You know, like like I've said before, like Canada, for instance, has gone woke to a point that would make California blush at this point. Right. And that does not represent me at all. I'm not that person. Right. And I mean, has Israeli has Israel done some things that are questionable? Sure. But I mean, again, like that's one of those things that you can look into and you can say, like, how fucking questionable was it? Somebody's mm. shooting rockets at me and I shot them like, well, right. I mean, yeah. Fuck around and find out is a saying for a reason. But like <laughs> but in the international community, it is weird to see like, you know, Aaron might be a much nicer person than me. But in the international community, 90 percent of them would think that i'm a nicer person than him just based on where we come from which is right. fucking stupid exactly exactly and i mean it's interesting you know I, every now and then i'll follow tiktok and there's this guy who lived in england his name josh from england and he was like uh, i'm gonna come to america I come to america and keep going okay whatever well finally he actually did he came to america came through texas he went to bucky's and you know like saw these things and it was amazing to watch him and this other guy that as they traveled reactions to America and Americans and different things. And he was like, look, I don't know why people shit on America. Like in, in, our, in our news and everything along those lines, we hear that America's bad. It's a terrible place. He goes, I've had nothing but respect. People have been kind. They've opened their doors. They've done all these, these things. And I've just experienced an incredible thing. And like, I, I, I don't understand. He goes, you know, the sad part is in our country, the news everything portrayed it's it's awful here and yet i've had the most wonderful time i mean you know driving across texas and you know trying to go through louisiana and doing all these different things that he did and i'm like you know it's it's as an american it's very sad to hear that but then you think about well i hear because we're americans we hear shit about canada you know their you know healthcare systems or this or that or their wildfires and and then of course oh well you know this is going on in this country and you know, this is how bad China is or Israel or things like that. And, you know, it's unfortunate how we take on a nationalistic view of our news of other places to, to say this is how great we are because look how bad it is over there. Right. Like when I went to Africa, 
you know, everybody, oh my God, you're going to Africa. Be careful. And I'm like, no, it was, it was fucking great. Like it was, I had a great time. Yeah. Were there some shady parts in Accra and Ghana that I was at? Yeah. But guess what? Even in the shady parts, I was fine. I felt, I didn't feel not safe or anything along those lines because we, we put this mindset that, oh, look how great we are because look how bad it is over there. You know, yeah, you don't and, you don't wander around East LA at three o'clock in the morning either, right? Like, right. You know, you don't you don't go to Oak Cliff here in Dallas and just go, "Hey, what's going on, everybody?" You know, I mean, there there are parts where you're like, "Okay, well, let's be smart about it," but not everything's like that. It's not representative of that, and it's just sad how most people, you know, go that route. So, uh, so let okay, so that was that was that. Um, let's talk. Uh, we had our Money in the Bank qualifying match where. We had Bailey versus Mishin, um, or Miriam. I'm not calling her Mishin. That's stupid ass name. Um, with AJ Styles on color commentary, y'all. He adds a lot. Yeah. Talk about no character. Okay. Well, this is one I remember distinctly. Jimmy picked Mishin to yeah. to win. Yeah. He yeah. definitely was. He was all aboard the the Mishin back. He was all up on her back and and I picked Bailey and I think we all picked Bailey and we all yeah. got right in but Jimmy was strenuously strenuously for Mia Yim and Mishin which I think counts as two losses for him. Right. Yeah, cuz he said both. So, mm-hmm. I agree. Also, the, I saw something really funny. It was the day before on Twitter and they were basically uh they they were it was a graphic of this match was that was coming up on Thursday and it was Bailey who was sharing it and he and she said, "Yeah, but Meechin is more chiseled than yours, so I'm going to beat you. <laughs> I just thought, Bailey, you are a national treasure. Oh, my God. Like, that's quality dad joke right there. I can appreciate that. <laughs> Fuck. Look, um, look if, that's, if that's a character where you do nothing but dad joke stuff like that, I'm down for it. I'm here. I'm here. You know, you're my favorite character now. She does um, a very distinct chin, that Bailey. <laughs> yeah, she does. So, uh, yeah, this, look, uh, um, I, I don't know. Like, this was this was a match. I, I felt match. like this. But the, this was not, this was designed. We knew who was going to win because um, all three of us. Jimmy first. didn't. Well, I said the three of us. <laughs> Let me finish. Let me, stop jumping the gun here, all right? Let me finish. So, but it felt like the purpose of this match was to, to move a story along that wasn't a part of the match which was at the end Scarlet coming down and putting red powder in AJ's face. And um, then Karrion Cross coming in and going, ah, I'm going to put you in my chokehold. That doesn't look like a chokehold. And it's not really going to make you pass out, but I'm going to put you in this hole that you're going to like it. And it's going to be fun. Um, I don't think he said those things. Look, I don't know either, but it, like that changes like, his character significantly. <laughs> they're right. I, they're, I think I heard him say, Rah! maybe. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Thank you, Elizabeth. In this line, Scarlet's fever. I was just like, okay. Oh. Can, can I lodge a complaint here yes. about this? I always do this to AW and anyone, and I don't pretend the people who follow me follow the different things and say, oh, he makes fun of AW, but only, but I do, and I make a lot of fun of AW partly. And and Chris and I talked about this Wednesday on the skirmish, how they do similar booking, similar stories during multiple times in the show. And for all the things WWE does wrong, they typically don't do this. However, tonight they did with the with the red ochre or the scarlet fever or whatever you want to call it, the adrenochrome or the anti-adrenochrome, um, whatever it was, uh, you know. But 
we had another missed shot, uh, one missed M-I-S-S-E-D, uh, and one hit, um, you know, with Asuka. And that's basically the, the same thing in the show twice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, look, yeah, do it once, fine. But if this becomes something that happens more often, that that's something to watch because then we're going to get, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how much, you know, Triple H is not paying attention to the details of, of what his wrestlers are suggesting. Right, but remember, this is red mist. It's different than the blue mist that Asuka does or the green mist that Asuka does. So the, it's different. It's not the same because well, this one's uh, red. Okay, true. It's it's true, and and one's mist, and this is powder. It's, it's right, totally yeah. different. Right. No, but I mean, I agree with you. Like, I don't disagree with you at all. That yes, it's the same gimmick. It's you know, um, you know, it's very funny because like there's that idea that. The blue mist does something versus the red mist versus like they're all no he just, right yeah it's and, like hey oh. the, the black mist in AEW that 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 yeah. changes people into evil members of your cult right exactly and, and, and by the way I have no I have no issue with Scarlet doing this I, 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 I the only thing I want to see is I want to see Cross win because I mean not just because I like Cross I want to see some success but if you're going to have this heelish kind of thing where you have this bombshell who's a distraction an agent provocateur plus the witchy stuff and plus you got the 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 you've got the miss going on you need to win also because if you keep doing this and losing you're garbage yeah yep exactly you're you're just a heels need to cheat to win mm-hmm. to right. win yeah and and and, and they need to need to win often so that the baby face finally has something to overcome so when they finally do win it's more meaningful um, exactly and when the heelish tactics backfire on the heel that's when the heels split from each other and one becomes mm-hmm. a face i mean this is wrestling yeah yeah so uh so after this we have uh bel-air in the face of adam pierce saying i want oscar and he's like nah i'm giving her a new belt but you're in line for a rematch and please don't attack her tonight um um, she says, if I'm going to get what I'll get, then I'm going to do what you ask. You know, cool, right? And then we've got a backstage. Mishin told AJ Styles, Carlos, and Luke Gallows that they will get Karen Cross and Scarlet back for what they did to him. Okay, cool, right? Because um, it's the OC. So y'all are going to, yay. Carl um, Anderson was going to be a major single star seven years ago. I was right. told with certainty. Right, right, Neo. Um, so then after that, we have the presentation for Asuka with the new championship belt. And, of course, Charlotte Flair showed up and said nobody respects Asuka more than she does, but she wants that title. Asuka blew the miss, but Charlotte moved out of the way. And Charlotte slammed Asuka's head into the table, and Asuka left the ring. You know? Sorry. Charlotte uh, she doesn't a new championship. A oh, new yeah, 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 yeah. Let's me, talk let about me... that for a second, then go out, then move on to Charlotte. Yeah. Um, first of all, we got another rinse and repeat. Uh, we got a new belt. Oh, fucking damn it. Yeah, right? Yeah. So, 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 let's take the belt from last week, and let's give it to the women, and it's going to look exactly the same, but we're going to have a white strap. Also, it says Women's Universal Championship on that fucking belt. It's not a universal championship. Right. (laughs) Well, this is, I mean, we we knew this was going to happen. Not exactly this. 
but we knew that they were that, that, that they were waiting for Bianca to break that record in the modern era, whatever the modern era right. is, for more than a year with that title before they changed it so that they could split this ridiculousness of the Raw Women's Champion being on SmackDown and SmackDown Women's Champion being on Raw. And they'll do the same thing for uh, Rhea probably on Monday because why announce these things in advance when you know you're having a problem when you knew what you were going to do in the draft? I mean, why, why plan ahead and, and make this a special thing? I mean, the, you could have waited on the the charlotte return for a week as well but right you know, you know the, the, this felt very tony connish when people saying this is a tony Khan maneuver it also feels a little vince mcmahon no patience you know just just spring it and and when in trouble break glass charlotte but the, charlotte first of all her face is getting scary but i also think she had her boobs taken out again what do you mean getting scary <laughs> she feels scary She's Fair, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Okay, but what about the boobs? They're gone. Like, was it her outfit, or did she actually get her boobs removed? I think it was her outfit because she looked very like you know she'd been breastfeeding for a year or so. Look, who knows? I like, I look, I yes, yes, Elizabeth, that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, the, so re- the women's world heavyweight championship, and it's going to look just like Seth Rollins's belt except with a white strap. Right, which is why I said Walter went over last week to Raw to begin with because. That belt looks like the World Heavyweight Championship belt. So now her belt. So then now we're all the same. Wait, wait for them to split those tag team belts. You're going to get more of the same. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Yeah. Oh, and Elizabeth said uh, she had her boobs redone last year. Well, um, I think she had they, She had them on the. Yeah, but last year it's because I think one of them burst. I think she had to get them redone last year. Yeah, or she was look, going to die. <laughs> yeah. Look, I don't know. Um, their boobs, boobs are cool. I like boobs. Uh, anybody, any guy who tells you otherwise, yeah, any guy who tells you otherwise is lying, you know, or he's Pat Patterson. No, 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 listen. I I had a friend of mine through college and through law school, and that he did not like boobs. Like, really, he had like one girlfriend with boobs, and he's like, yeah. And and once he got rid of her, he found another one. But I mean, maybe on some level, he liked 12 year old boys, and he would say, I I, I like 12 year old boys. Yeah, dude. So, so listen, like my, me and my, me and my group of friends, there was, there was four of us that were like the, the, like the, like the main crew. Right. And, uh, we used to have this argument between the four of us. Cause me and my buddy Lynn, shout out to Lynn. We would the always say like, we, no, well, actually let's the see. Four there was, let's see. There was a German, an Aboriginal, a black guy and a Frenchman. So, I mean, it was, it was all, it was very, very mixed race. But anyway, me and Lynn, we would always be like, no, dude, like the most important thing about a girl is her face and then boobs and ass. Right. Mm-hmm. Like what's more important about women than like those three things? And uh, and our other two buddies, Scotty and Jules, chats, Scotty and Jules, um, they would always be like, no, man, what's, what's really great is if she's got a nice flat stomach and, you know, if her legs are attractive. And I'm just like. Every 13-year-old boy has a flat stomach and skinny legs. What the fuck are you doing? What's the matter with you two? Exactly right. Spot look, on. Look, I just I don't care. Have a nice eyes, nice smile, and be proportionate between your boobs and your ass. All right. One should not ever be bigger than the other. You should not look like you're gonna fall backwards because of your ass or fall forward because of your boobs. That's all why, I have. why do you hate Lizzo? <laughs> Uh, because she's got her hair up, right? That's yeah. all I know. Uh, check my nails, <laughs> okay. And for baby, for, how you feeling? Feeling good as hell, yeah. Uh, Elizabeth says that she's not a bitch and can cook is most important. 
I can order in. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, all not all of us have that evil dose Dr. Jeff money, all right? So some of us have to have somebody who can cook. All right, I'm just that's all I'm saying. In like in reality, like I think the most important thing about a woman is is very is very different for every single person. Like yeah. I I've said recently because I was I was single in this lot la- in like in the last year or so. Like the thing that I was really looking for in a partner is somebody who has um, a bit of wonder. You know, somebody mm-hmm. who's like interested in things. Somebody who's passionate about like new things and wants to see something cool and wants to understand something different and that kind of thing. Like that, that attitude is what I was really looking for in a partner, but like physically, physically, yeah, it's, it's, it's tits and ass for me and, and, and a pretty face. Like a girl has to have have a pretty face. If you, you know, if you've got a stacked body, but you look like Andre 3000, I'm, I'm not interested. (laughs) I want to talk to the the audience out there because not all of you are going to have these Hollywood good looks. Um, So for most of you, what you should be concerned with is somebody who will tolerate you. That that's about as good as you can get. Move on. (laughs) Move on with your lives. Yeah. What is is that? Get what you get and don't throw a fit. Right. right. People are terrible. Right. Uh, okay, so after the, this whole uh, in segment with Asuka and the belts and everything, we have in the back another. This was a good segment. I enjoyed this one. We had Paul Heyman. Um, he he has Jay Uso. He says, "Hey, you got me. I was a great cliffhanger. Hey, I I love a good cliffhanger. I bring them all the time." But he says, "Hey, you're gonna fly on the tribal jets, tribal chiefs private jet, which one day could it'll be your private jet all the way to Money in the Bank." And we're going to celebrate three things. Roman Reigns being here, which is always something to celebrate. Jay's United States Championship win, because you're winning tonight. And the public acknowledgement that Jay will be groomed by Roman Reigns, the next tribal chief. And then Heyman extends his hand to Jay. And he says, I don't know why you're happy, man. Uh, because if I'm in the bloodline, that means you out of the bloodline. And so Roman, uh, then he leaves and Paul gives our cla- the classic great face of like oh my god like what's happening right now um good segment really really good segment uh, the worried fish face yeah uh oh yeah you're supposed to give him your passport and elizabeth says that's right you never give anyone your passport just saying because yeah you're gonna need three things you're gonna need a suit you need to give me your give me your suit you need to give me a pat give me your measurements give me your passport and something else and he goes because and then he explained all those things and i was going Wait, you don't give somebody else your passport. That's uh, weird. Well, I mean, how have I mean, haven't the Usos had trouble with passports in the past? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that, that probably makes sense. Because look, look. Okay, I love my dad. Right, my dad is a, a great man. Um, my dad for forty-five years ran a half a billion dollar oil and gas company. Right, you got to be on your shit to do that. I mean, he did that. Him and I go to Argentina twice to go dove hunting. Both times. Is that a euphemism for like shagging no, Argentinian women? No, no. We went and shot a shit ton of dubs. I'd okay. like to go duck hunting women? in Argentina too. Uh, <laughs> no, we, the, it is legit because like doves are a nuisance down there and there's no natural predators to take them out and they are destroying cornfields. And so they literally, there are lodges set up and we went through this called Tre- uh, Trek. Is this company called Trek? And they ha- they cater all these things. You pay them a flat rate. And they have your flights and lodges and everything set up. And they take care of you the whole way through. It's super awesome. Including Argentinian women? Uh, well, there were masseuses and stuff that you could do when you're there. Uh-huh. But didn't okay. partake in that. 
Um, the, I did, Get to I, the point where you fuck the Argentinian woman, John. Okay, exactly. Well, I'm there. I'm, I'm almost there. Uh, my dad, who ran a half a billion dollar oil and gas company, we went twice. Both fucking times, I had to take his passport and his ticket because he lost them. I'm like, <laughs> Dad, you run a half a billion dollar oil and gas company. How do you lose your ticket and your passport? Because what when the- Belvin is not going with his dummy son, he's got Argentinian women assistants doing it for him. <laughs> well, he didn't have women assistants helping for every mm-hmm. like, like, look, my dad- I don't want to do that math for you, my friend. Look, my dad apparently was so bad at keeping track of cell phones when they first had them, and he liked the flip style, tra- you know, phone that you fold it in half and open. It, that his secretary had boxes of them just in her office. So whenever he lost a cell phone, he mm. she would just hand him another one because you know he was so bad at it. You know, I mean, uh-huh. this is a guy who like, are you he- only just realizing what prisons your father really was in? Oh no, no, look, trust me. My dad is far beyond I'm that. I'm starting to not trust you at all. Look, <laughs> look, if, if there is no way all that these my dad trips to South America and burner phones, empires, no, no, burner phones. both of those trips were just with me, and Pre- we flew commercial. Our phones ready at the hand. Trust me, we flew commercial in economy. All right, we did not. There was no high. Traffic the only, the, well, the only high end thing was because we went with doctors and and dentists and stuff, and they had the fuck, bunch of fucking money. And so they paid for stuff that was like going to Ruth's. We're we're kitted out to go hunting in camo, and we walk into Ruth's Chris and Coral Gable one year because we're going through Miami, and we're like, "Oh, we want to eat!" And of course, they're looking at us like, "Like I'm in fucking camo overalls, a camo t-shirt, and I have a camo fedora, right?" And we walk into Ruth's Chris, coming to eat. I'm thinking we're going to go eat at McDonald's because that's the level of elegance I have in my life uh, at 18. And me and my dad, and and they're like rolling up to Ruth's Chris at Coral Gable, and like she goes, um, let me go get the manager. And like, and there's nobody there. It's like five o'clock, right? Because we're we're on a we have like an eight hour layover. We're not leaving till midnight. And so, yeah, the, they, they didn't want the cast of Ruby Ridge to scare away the the, the prospective customers. Exactly. So the manager walks in. It, it comes to find out because where I grew up, Lafayette has a Ruth's Chris. The guy trained there as a manager knew most of the guys in our party. Puts us at a table right by the window in Coral Gables. So people are walking by Coral Gables, Ruth Chris, with us in the window, looking at us like, what the hell? And like the Beverly Hillbillies came to town for the to eat at Ruth Chris. The same thing happened two years later when we go to Atlanta. Uh, now, this is an O2 now. Um, we go to Atlanta, we go to Buckhead, and there's this place called Chops. Super high-end steak place. Same thing. Same thing. Like, we rolled in there. And we're on, like, there was a table. I felt like we were elevated on a platform. And we're in, like, same thing, kitted out camo. I mean, there's guys walking by, like, that dude's on the Braves. That dude, I, I know that dude from the Falcons. And there's, like, Ferraris and shit parked outside. And we go, and we, I swear to God, we had at least five waiters. You know, everybody doing something different. And I don't know what that meal cost because we didn't pay for it because these guys were such ballers. That's how it worked. And But both times with my dad, he'd go, hey, where did I put my ticket? I'm like, Dad, it should be with your passport. Well, where did I put my passport? Oh, for fuck's sake, Dad. Really? Like, I I have to dig through his bag and find it. And find it. I'm keeping this until we get to the gate. You are not getting this until we get to the gate and we get on the plane. When we get on the, when I'm going to give it to you. When we get on the plane, you give this back to me. Like, I had to treat him like a fucking 10-year-old 
You the know, funny thing is you still think that he was just distracting you while he was doing the other business while you were like digging through bags. Probably. Maybe either that or he was getting high on his own supply. I mean, no. yeah, probably. <laughs> he's he's handed out envelopes. Sure. Sure. That's yeah. That's that's exactly what was happening. But, you know, there's all these rich and powerful people just like wandering around. you. Sure. And, yeah. yeah. They all came yeah, over. That, they all ring. Right, they all flew economy and and came in and, and did that too. So yeah, that's, that's well. I mean, right. listen, you've got you've got to stay under the radar somehow with the CIA, yeah. right? True. You can't right. be flying yeah. your private. You, Didn't you, you watch Goodfellas? You don't spend the money. Right. Right. No, you're right. You're right. Look, I'm I'm new to this this criminal organizing thing here. So I mean, Tony um, Soprano's original sin is that he wanted the world to know he was a big shot. Yeah. 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 So. uh all right. Anyway, as we get this whole idea of this, like, this thing, uh, the good segment, Jay, you know, saying he's still kind of leaving it hanging of what's going to happen. And if he wins and he's part of the bloodline, uh, Heyman's going to be out. Uh, after this, we had Adam Pierce on the phone saying Charlotte showed up and they should have Charlotte versus Oscar at Money in the Bank. Um, doesn't get any bigger than that. And then, of course, Bianca Belair standing right there. And Pierce told her he would figure it out. Uh-uh. Oh, uh-uh. Right, let's not happen. I'm yeah. so fucking bored of Bianca Belair. <laughs> right, I mean, we all know where this is going, right? Triple threat. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, is that exciting? It's a no. way to get Charlotte the belt, I guess. You know, and it's a way to protect probably Bianca. Maybe. Maybe I don't know. Uh, look, like. Okay, whatever. I'm I'm good with whatever. Listen, Charlotte's got to get to 17. Right. Right. So she's got to win one again, right? So then we have our next Money in the Bank qualifying match, which is Butch versus Baron Corbin. And, of course, we had Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. I don't know who either of these guys are, which apparently the short one is the NXT champ. Yes, cool. and they are feuding with Baron Corbin. And I can tell you 100% that Jimmy, in fact, did pick Baron Corbin. So he is 0-4. Because remember, he picked me a Yim and Meechin. Right, right. So and, and I picked Butch. Right. And so Butch ended up winning. Uh they, you know, is it's uh is very they uh, look, remember how we talked about last week last week Baron selling for uh the the chef online? Mm-hmm. Uh apparently he made a response video and then the chef got him again. And apparently last night, even Michael Cole made mention of chef reactions. Ripping on dunk, dunking on Baron Corbin, as he said. Um, you know, do you so, think that that's going to be the uh, a WrestleMania match or SummerSlam will be Baron Corbin versus this celebrity chef? Chef reactions, maybe <laughs> that would be like, like that would be great. That would be at this point, who knows? With Baron like all it the other good, Bobby, it can Flay be a good housekeeping and, match, or, right? Yeah. And Guy Fieri, they, they, they all run out and they, they right. They, they, it's, it, it's like what? when uh, Sami Zayn was doing the 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 what were those idiots called with the, the cartoon jackass, jackass. right the whole entire jackass squad against Sami Zayn it'll be it's like the, every celebrity chef against yeah. Baron Corbin it's the kitchen sink match oh we're my gonna God, have brilliant yeah the kitchen sink match and then every every celebrity chef is gonna come in and they're gonna stab Baron Corbin yeah with their knife that you can get for twenty four ninety nine on Amazon. You know, or wherever you can get on HBO. Except every now and then, Baron Corbin figures out to go, order up, and they all go, yes, chef. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Right. Yeah, right. 
So, um, but yeah, so Baron Corbin and he says, "Oh no, I no, that it was because the, these guys were by the thing." Um, but Butch gets uh, gets him caught up in. I don't know what you would call that holder pin that style that you would have it, but it was one I hadn't seen before. Um, and they made reference to Crucible, but he put his leg over Baron Corbin's leg, just one leg, not two, to hold it. It was clever, it was a clever maneuver, it was. And they, you know, they made reference to well, he kept hurting Baron Corbin's uh right hand, so that's why he went for the left hand choke slam. And then because of that, which is strong, he was able to, you know, apply the pin and go from there. Which I I liked it actually, telling a story and sticking to it. Oh, my goodness, Mm -hmm. yeah, right, you know, hey. Let's you work a body part. Let's work that body part and show that it, it's hurt, you know, because you keep working it. Mm-hmm. Um, so and then you had, um, you know, Baron complain that these guys were by the ring and they distracted him. And then this brouhaha starts. And then, uh, then we have backstage Butch with Seamus and Ridge saying, Hey, I'm going back home to the UK. I'm winning money in the bank. And Corbett shows up. It wasn't fair. It wasn't fair. And then Cameron Grimes shows up and punk Baron Corbin and leaves him lying. Um, boy, Baron Baron Corbin is just—he's the king of getting shit on. Like you know, and, and then of course he wore a very uh, appropriate shirt last night that said "Dream Breaker" or something. Wait, like, is Dream- he the king of it or is he the Baron of it? <laughs> uh, or he's 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 Baron the brunt of Triple H's shit. Uh, maybe mm. who knows? Um, but yeah, like Dream Crusher or Dream Breaker last night was wearing the shirt, which is like what we're seeing happen to him right now. Um, but you know, I think it's interesting to say the least that you know he continues to fill a role, like even though he's this quote unquote free agent. Um, obviously, there's something he's on TV, he's on NXT, he's on SmackDown, he's putting people over, he's losing, and he's doing like. He's doing it in a way that continues to move things forward. Um, he's filling a role. You know, it's kind of that idea of, all right, well, there's there's got to be something there, you know, if they're continuing to do this. Yeah. So Disco Inferno didn't win a lot of matches either. Right, right. So uh, next we have, right after this, we have our next uh, Money in the Bank match. Which uh, a Shotzi versus Yale Sky with Bailey, um, and I do remember J- Jimmy saying Shotzi was going to win this one, you know, 100%. because he lo- that big dummy. He loved her. He loved he loved her green hair and her tattoos. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so uh, with this match we had uh, again, it, Bailey was there. Um, it was a match. Shotzi, Shotzi um, was on the top rope and. Um, and she hit her now on the turkle buckle on the way down because uh Eel Sky tripped her or Bailey tripped her, I think, but that's yeah. what it was. And then uh Eel Sky pulls her out, does the moonsault one, two, three. There we go. Um, so we now have Bailey and Eel Sky making their way to Money in the Bank, which I think we all predicted because we said this is gonna continue that feud later on of like, hey, go get that for me. No, that's you know, no, I'm not gonna do that for you. Like and it makes sense to have that happen in the middle of the ring at Money in the Bank. Um, I think Jimmy talked about no, no, no. We you have EO Sky or or Bailey lose, so then there's the fighting leading up to it, and one costs the other. But we all agree that was stupid because it's Jimmy. Um, 
And there's yeah. one spot left. So is WWE going to do the lazy thing and have the losers of all of the other qualifying matches face each other and the winner of that gets in the in the women's money in the bank or are they going to bring someone else in? Uh, they're probably going to do the, probably that, that your first suggestion because uh, I don't know who they bring in because we know next week there's a gauntlet match for the be the number one contender for the undisputed tag titles. So there can't be like a four-way or gauntlet or Royal Rumble or whatever for that last spot because they're already doing – well, they I guess they could, but they're doing a big gauntlet match next week. And when they do that on SmackDown, it tends to take a majority of the time um, on the show. So um, we'll see. I, I mean, who knows? Maybe it's on Raw. They'll do a, you know, gauntlet match or a rumble or whatever they want to do. When is Money in the Bank? Uh, three weeks, they said. Okay, well, okay. They have plenty of time to to decide that they don't need to rush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, they will, so, but they don't need to. Right, right. We, we got time. They kept saying last night. They kept saying three weeks from tomorrow is Money in the Bank in England. Right. You know, right. Then they'll just do random tag matches against the people against each other and random right. other match, singles matches just to you know spread yeah. some be- ill will. Yeah. Um, and then uh, after this, we have the Austin Theory promo, which was. Eh. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, hey, Paul, if you need a new client, you should check out Austin Theory. Okay, great, mm-hmm. cool. This is whatever. Listen, uh, I, 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 one thing on Austin Theory, I'm not worried yet, but he mm-hmm. needs to find something else other than I'm the the young ne- the young next thing. He need he needs to find something else that's actually about him, that's within himself, right? Because he's he, he's a little bit hollow, and and he's and he's not new and shiny any longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, and I agree with you. I agree with you on that. I think it, it there needs to be whatever that character is. He hasn't found that yet, and yeah. it's it's just he feels he feels like white bread creator wrestler, you know, number forty seven, right? You know, at this point. So, um, so after that, after that, we had um, pretty deadly interrupting Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for asking for a tag team title match. Rich Holland and Samus, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, the LWO and the Street Profits all showed up within seconds because everybody heard it all of a sudden. Hey, can we get a time? We want a title match. I want a title match. We deserve a shot. So Adam Pierce says next week you can enter the gauntlet match and the winner will get a shot at the titles. And then, of course, we saw that Grayson Waller is going to be down next week. We're going to have a show. Grayson Waller. Um, fucking whatever. Um, and then we have the final match of the night. Um, you, or, for, you forgot about the big uh, vignette introducing us to uh, Bobby Lashley. Oh, that's right, right. Because we don't know nobody knows who he is, right? Because he hasn't been seen on TV forever. We basically we had one of those. Have you seen this child uh, vignettes play? Because we haven't seen Bobby Lashley in forever right. for some reason. Um, Just videos of Bobby Lashley. Well, I will remember you by Sarah McLaughlin plays. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, all right, so then we had uh, our final match of the night, or Smash Fest, if, if we want to be honest with this. Um, you know, this was a, I mean, it, it was a decent match, you know, for the most part, for what it was. Um, but boy, this felt like, like for a main event, this felt like really less than for a main event. And then you had all the smashes come in of, hey, Pretty Deadly comes in and they punch Jay. And they enter the ring. Jimmy came out and super kicked both of them. And Solo came in and punched Jimmy. And Solo was going for the spike on Jimmy. Jay stops him. 
So then Solo turns around and Jimmy went to kick him with a super kick. Solo moved and hit Jimmy. Uh, and Jimmy hit Jay. Oh no, can't believe that happened. Didn't see that coming. Jimmy threw Solo out the ring and tried to go over the top rope, but Solo couldn't make it. So then he has to kick him out the bottom rope, which looked really bad. And then the referee match. Oh, but because all this happened because the referee got knocked out. That's right. My bad. Um, and because Jay had hit the Uso splash. One, two, three, four, five, six. What? What? The ref? Where's the referee? Like, bro, are you serious? Obviously, if he goes to three, you don't hear one, two, three. There's no referee. You shouldn't go to six, and then that'd be the thing. Um, it's just it's some like real logistical, dumb, like logical things that happened in this match. And I, I went like, really, this is the end we're going with. And so, um, and, and then seeing Solo not make it over the top rope, and then Jay having to kick him out from the bottom rope because he couldn't do it, just it felt really bad. The referee recovers as Theory pinned Jay to retain the championship. Yay! And then, of course. Um, Jay got up and Jimmy's right there to console him and he pushed him and Jay walked past Solo and Heyman and stared at them and he threw his arms in frustration and walked off. Heyman picked up the phone and said, call Roman Reigns with a, with a um, Grinch-like smile on his face. So that's how the show ended. Listen, I... Th- I didn't. I didn't mind this nearly as much as you. You seem to have minded it. Uh, I, I thought it was fine. I liked how Jay stopped the spike on Jimmy, and I didn't mind that, that Solo didn't make it all the way over because Jimmy or whoever was managed to kick him underneath, which you know is is something you see wrestlers not do all the time. They they don't realize their move didn't work, and then they just walk away. And at least he finished. The, he finished the sequence. The thing that I minded the most in this, the thing that bothered me is. What the hell is Pretty Deadly doing there? Like, what what, what are they involved in? I mean, they, they're trying to, like, of all things to not want to get involved with, why would you want to get involved with the Bloodlines Civil War? How how's that benefit you? You just got yourself into a gauntlet match for the tag team titles. So it made no sense. I mean, so unless you're going, like, and are you going to have Pretty Deadly feud with Solo? I mean, I, I so that just seemed really random, and I don't like really random. I think it's because, and they said this in the commentary, uh, Austin Theory's new running buddies, because they've been with each other for the last couple of weeks. Oh, you know what? Yeah. That, that part's true. Okay. Yeah. Right. You know what? Like, right. But no, I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you because if nothing, this puts a target on their back with the bloodline and Jay and Jimmy and all this kind of stuff. Um, I, I, I can see this. Of, we're trying to put the rub on Pretty Deadly to make them a bigger deal because they're with Austin Theory and now with the bloodline. So we're trying to make it look, this is a big deal. We're elevating them. Um, they came in from NXT, which most people are like, fucking NXT. Like, you, you guys are fucking rookies. You're, you know, whatever. But this, this, the idea of we're going to put that magic bloodline dust on them. And so we're going to have them run around with Austin Theory, who, you know, is everybody's favorite guy to hate because he's boring. And we're going to put all that together with the bloodline to put that little magic dust on it. Well, I don't mind if, if, if you're going to have the Usos lose to Pretty Deadly because they can't really get along and because Austin Theory is... So, I, you know what? I withdraw my objection. I'll wait. I'm, you know what? I'm going to do what people in wrestling always criticize people for doing, but sometimes you just have to, and that is, I will wait and see. Okay. Yeah. You know, and I, I think, I think too, like, for me, I guess, you know, it was one of those ideas of, like, I, I knew, you knew something was going to happen, and it, it felt a little, again, colored by numbers. I guess, Jeffrey, again, I'm looking for the swerve. 
I'm looking for something deep. And it was the swerve I expected, you know, and I know we talked about that last week and, um, you know, it's hard to go. Like, I mean, I figured that out when, you know, after the, in the beginning of the handshake and then later when he walks by on solo is going to come out, he's going to try to do something. He's going to interfere and something's going to happen. And then Jimmy is end up going to be kicking Jay in the face on accident. You know, like, can can I suggest, can I suggest an alternate booking to this that I thought that I I was thinking to myself before the match started and while it was going on really would have been much, much better. Please. Um, and I know that Austin Theory fans won't like this, but I don't care because the the main story that you're that you're telling right now for this whole show overall is the bloodline. That's your focus. The bloodline is the thing that you know, that's what's getting you views. That's what's getting you more views than you've had before. That's what's increasing the viewership of, of SmackDown. It's the bloodline. So, okay. You can, you can basically book this mostly the same way. Um, pretty deadly come out. Jimmy comes out to help. Uh, Jimmy takes out pretty deadly. Um, solo comes out to take on Jimmy, right? They're, they're, they're wrestling or whatever. And while they're fighting, uh, pretty deadly is able to hit Jay with some move. Um, but before they're able to get the pin, Jimmy gets his shit together, gets away from solo, breaks up the pin, right? So Jay's been saved now. Uh, then you have solo take out uh, Austin theory, right? You have everybody kind of in this schmoz where there's all this, there's just stuff going on here, stuff going on here, but Jimmy's helping and solo's helping, right? Jay gets the win and wins the United States championship. So now at, at the end of that, Jay's going, well, okay. You know, and the bloodline and, and at, th- at this point, Paul's going, well, you know, w- we got you that match. Right. But Jimmy's, but Jimmy's going, yeah, but I got you that win brother. Mm. Right. So now you've got a situation where Jay's now the U S champion, right? He's, he's got this belt. That can create some tension with, with uh, you know, within the bloodline because, you know, Solo's going, well, I'm supposed to be the guy, right? Right. I'm supposed to be the guy, you know, that's that's like in this role, in this killer role. Why is Jay getting the singles championship, you know? And you've got and you've got Roman going, you know, you know, th- that's a nice belt, but my belt's better than yours, and, you know, like okay, you have a belt, but like it's not my belt. I'm and my belt's still more important than yours, Jay. Right. You could actually have this like really, really interesting subplot of like Jay really is confused. Like, who do I owe this to? Right. Do I owe this to, you know, uh, Paul and Roman for getting me the opportunity? Do I owe it to Solo for helping get rid of Pretty Deadly? Or do I owe it to Jimmy for super kicking Austin Theory at the end? Like you could have this really, really interesting subplot where Jay seems to be actually conflicted. Because right now at the end of this show, you shouldn't have Jay be conflicted. Jimmy kicked you by complete accident. There was no question about it. You watch this back. Paul Heyman was being an asshole at the end. He never wanted you to win in the first place. right? Right. But if Jay wins, then there's some real fucking intrigue. What does Jay do? And the more reason that yours is better is, is because at the end of it, what you could do then to make it more intriguing, more confusing, but to give it more legs even with the same cast of characters, is then they would pivot to saying, okay, well, Jimmy, you and Solo are now going to get us that tag team gold, so we're going to get everything. So then they have to coexist, but then it also makes sense 
why you have Jimmy and Solo doing tag team matches with Pretty Deadly, and mm -hmm. the confusion can lead to maybe some setbacks or whatever. Or you could have, you know, a six man with all of the Uso brothers against Pretty Deadly and Austin Theory, and maybe they enjoy some success, you know, where it doesn't matter. But when it really does matter, there's there's more of the they're not exactly on the same page. It, it's well, the and then Usos, imagine the intrigue. The same Usos. Then imagine the intrigue, right? Jim, let's say Jimmy, let's say Jimmy and uh, and Solo get a shot at the tag titles. They lose, right? And Jimmy's looking at Jay and he's going, Jay, we would have won that match if it was you, because you and I are a tag team, right? And Solo doesn't know what he's fucking doing as a tag team. So there you've got Jimmy's mad at Jay and Solo, right? Mm -hmm. Then you've got Solo going, well, Jimmy, I like fuck you for throwing me under the bus in this match. I don't know how to be a, how to be in a tag team the way you do, but you should have fucking helped me more. And also Jay, the spot that you have as the U S champion, that should be my fucking spot. And you two idiots should be in a tag team. And right. then you've got Jay going, Jimmy, why aren't you supporting me as a single star? Right. But then you have this huge, you can have this huge thing where everybody's pushing on each other. Right. There's this tension within everybody that creates so much more interesting story. It definitely does. But you could also do the ultimate swerve at the end, which is that they actually do reconcile of sorts and that Jimmy and Solo win the titles and they all have all the gold, even though they still don't exactly like each other, but they do have all the gold. So it's like mm. you can't argue with success, but yet we're going to argue anyway. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and then and then Roman loses the world title and he's the odd man out in the in the bloodline without a belt. Ooh, now we're getting spicy. Now we're cooking with gas. Now we are. Oh, and don't forget, you forgot this one thing, Chris, that you left out. If Jay, if Jay wins, the next week we can have a universal title um, uh, belt ceremony where we get a new belt where it's the WWE-style belt with WWE in red, white, and blue. So you, you forgot that. You forgot that. Come on, Chris. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're, you're and, then, and then you can have a real situation. Then you can have a real situation where Jimmy picks up the wrong belt and he's like, "Oh, sorry, it looks yeah. just like mine, Roman. Yeah, right? Sorry." Yeah. I mean, hello, you have new belt. Who dis? I mean, come on, it's right there for you. Uh, no, I agree. Like it's that. And then uh, Sir Jam says this, which hey, uh, Sir Jam's always good to see you. He said it feels bland when Roman isn't there. Um, do you guys feel that I disagree. way? I disagree. I thought this was good. And I thought that again, like if they would have, if they would have done something more interesting, like what I suggested, it could have been like, it, it could have been like one of those really great episodes where you're walking away from it going, I'm going to remember this episode of SmackDown 10 years from now. Hmm. Yeah. I, I think when Roman is there all the time, it feels bland. I think actually him being there every two or three weeks is, is about just right. Right. I mean, because let's be honest, he's become an attraction wrestler. You know, yeah. he is not he is not a um, everyday Seth Rollins defend this belt kind of. He's become an attraction wrestler. He's become that level of a star that you see him too much. You know, it's going to be you didn't see Hulk Hogan all the time. You know, Hulk Hogan wasn't on there all the time everywhere. Um, it was special when you saw him on TV. You know, it was real life. Like yeah. in real life, when you have middle management without the big boss in the room, there's more conflict. There's more controversy going on. When the big boss is there, everyone's a little quieter. Everyone's a little slower, but everything means more. It's right. different. Yeah. So, no, I, I, I'm afraid I disagree with Sir Jam on this one. I, I think that I think actually Roman's relevance is is just right. And actually, I think Paul always going talking to his phone. Call Roman Reigns is completely unnecessary. It, and that's it, 
Yeah, I think yeah. that, and the other thing too is that that keeps Roman Reigns tethered to the story, right. right? Like he's still tethered to the story, even if he's not there, right? Because Paul's always bringing him up. You've got to you've got to mention his name in the segment when the Usos are there. When he's not there, you have to mention his name in some way, shape, or form in the segment because it felt like opening segment said that. Sami Zayn segment, his name was mentioned. Mm-hmm. Later on with Jay and Paul Heyman, name was mentioned. If Tony Soprano's not on the episode, you need to mention Tony Soprano a couple of times. Right. He he needs to be that ethereal figure in the background to make sure that you remember. Oh yeah, he's. I here. just think they did it enough already, but it doesn't. Matter. It's, no, it's, I, it's, yeah, it, no, that is a nitpick, and the nitpick it I don't is. need to. I don't. I don't need to die on this particular molehill. Right. Um, all right, so gentlemen, it's time for the uh, that part of the show where we give our ratings for the show an A, B, C, D, or F. Uh, Jeff, let's start with you. How do you feel? Last night's SmackDown was overall. I'm going to give it a drunk B minus. Drunk B minus. Okay. All right. Um, Chris? Uh, yeah, it's going to get a B for me. I, it was, um, yeah, I, I think that I'm usually a more harsh grader than Jeff is. So maybe, maybe Jeff gets grumpy when he's drunk. I don't know. Yeah. Um, or maybe I just need to get drunk when I'm watching the show. <laughs> um, but, uh, but listen, Everything to do with the bloodline was really, really good. Like the whole thing was great to me. Again, like I think that I would have booked it better, but, um, you know, it was all good. They're moving the story forward. It's not just, okay, we still have problems, but whatever. Like we still have problems, but whatever. But we still have problems, but whatever. They are actually moving the story. Right. right. Um, and I like that about it. The rest of the show. If I was going to grade it, would get like a D. There's nothing interesting really going on with the rest of this. Even the money in the bank stuff is pretty bland. I think the best part of the rest of the show was LA Knight on commentary. Mm-hmm. Which, if who's giving the commentary is the best part of your show, you you're got problems. But the sto- the the bloodline story just brings it up to me. It makes it so that I'm watching and I'm going, yeah, I'm glad I watched this show. Right. Um, for me, I'm gonna say what Todd Brantley, media, media M5, who said, "Cocksuckers, you stole my my grade, the C plus." Um, you know, I, like I said, I felt like the bloodline stories were good. Everything else was really, really bad, and so to me, that balances out to about a C plus rating for this show. I think um, it, it wasn't incredibly egregious or terrible, but again, like, was I nitpicky? Like, you know, like you said about the ropes, you know, getting thrown over the ropes and things. Yes, because this is the the best thing on the show. And so, you know, because it's the best thing on the show, I expect, you know, quality work from these things. Um, Is that is that wrong? Maybe not. Should I relax and enjoy a little bit more? Yeah. But guess what? I do that at movies, too. I'm the worst to go watch movies with. Um, You know, I am um, normally like I figure things out and I'll say it or oh did you see that jump cut there or you know things like that it's it's part of my brain as a you know broadcast and production degree person having oh. seen so much and it's hard to not turn You're that out. plus yeah. you do a podcast on the show so you have to be critical about it i mean otherwise it'd be a really boring show if, if, if you're like yeah that fine. was good next yeah. segment it's fine it's fine. Yeah, you know, I mean, so, but at the same time, too, I think it's it's that idea that, you know, it, we it's, it's because we care. Right. But at the same time, it's, it's, it, this show 
just reminded me how staunchly different the bloodline storyline is versus everything else in the WWE, you know, especially what they put on, on SmackDown. Like it is up here for the bloodline and everything else is like, like yeah, barely in frame. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, um, and that's, that's, I think the biggest thing that really hinders this thing is it makes it go, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. What's like, how is it that you put this out, you know, and then you come back with Charlotte Flair and Asuka and that whole, like, it, it, it didn't do anything for me. Or you have this match for whatever. Um, I, that's that's where I think the staunch reminders are uh, for this show. And look, but it makes it makes for good entertainment. I'm not I'm not going through this going, oh, my God, like I would on Raw. At least, you know, they know they have two hours to tell a story and they're going to do it. And right now they're putting their eggs in the bloodline basket, which I think makes sense because everything been done there. Um, Paul is writing and doing all these things that are very good. And sure. okay, why not? But they're also building towards money in the bank and they're promoting NXT and maybe just maybe, you know. I mean, you know, if you're not going to build more women's tag teams, at least eliminate what's one set of titles. And now if you have two or three teams on each show, at least now you have a a division of six teams and one champion. And that's that's at least a division. Uh, And I don't disagree with that. But like at the same time, I don't I don't watch NXT. I don't care about it. So seeing seeing it on SmackDown made me go "Eh." like it, it. but maybe for some people we get them to watch because now they want to see what happens with Baron Corbin and Trick and Nello. Maybe they want to see what happens with the NXT uh, women's tag team titles. Maybe they want to see what what Ali is going to. I don't think so either. I mean, there's a reason yeah. that the people from the main roster are back on NXT. They're not exactly lighting the world on fire, right? Um, it, feel, it makes them feel less than, and now they're on SmackDown, right? I, like, I agree, hundred percent. But. Listen, I watch NXT and it does add a little something. Not a lot, but a little something. <laughs> Todd Brantley. Uh scratch that B plus because no Lacey Evans. What are you talking about? Lacey Evans is always is always at risk for a wardrobe malfunction. Well look, yeah, right. Especially that hat. Holy shit. Oh my god. You should have seen the the people in the Marine community. Oh my god, what I need is a few between Lacey Evans and Ben Hameen. Oh, there we go. There we go. Yala. Yala. La. Yeah. There we go. Um, gentlemen, anything else you want to talk about uh, that we felt we missed or anything? Um, Hell not- to the no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're, hey, look, we're doing good. We're at two hours and 20. So, like, we're we're under this week for the last couple of times we've met. Um, but, uh, all right. Well, if you don't have anything else, I don't think everything else. I think, you know, we gave our, our reviews of the show, everything along those lines. So now let's do the outro of the show, which is where we ask the lovely gentlemen above me, because they are above me, yala, uh, where to find themselves on the internet and stuff. So let's uh, let's start with the first in, first out, uh, uh, Evil Dose himself, Dr. Jeff. Where, they, where can the people find you on the internet? At, on Twitter at IcarusFellMD. Come join me and the, the many porn bots who follow me and they're real people. Um, you can find me on the PWC um, sometimes uh, and uh, here, Smack Attack and Uncaged sometimes where we missed a week, but maybe we're going to try to make it up to you. I think, I hope. 
um, and uh, occasionally Hammerlock Hangover, uh, if you weren't far between. That's the wrestling podcast I do with, with Steve Pena. Uh, and but but my babies are Garden of Doom and Garden Views, and uh, just dropped an episode this week on Lucid Dreaming with a Hot Topic Witch, um, and uh, also uh, Garden Views this week. We had returning uh, guest Professor Patricia De uh, Gennaro. Um, we talked about things you need to know, some domestic and international things, and uh, and this is going to be a repeat segment. Every couple months, we're going to have her coming back, and I have no idea what she's doing on my little show, but yay me! Yeah, that was a, that was a really interesting episode. Listening to that one, Jeff, uh, you know, uh, just some of the things that I wasn't aware of internationally that I was like, oh, oh, this is new for me. So um, I really, I really appreciate that. That was a good one. So, uh, Chris, where, uh, by the way, you didn't do your customary intro today, by the way, sir. So, um, I don't know if people will know how to find you or to spell your name, but, oh, yeah. uh, where can well, people find you on the internet and, and such? Well, let me tell you, I'm Chris Ams. That's A-M-B-S, like lambs with Noel or bullshit first thing in the morning. So don't worry. If you ever forget how to spell my name, I'll just remind you on every show that I ever do. Um, you can find me at Chris Ams one uh, That's my Twitter handle. You can go there to uh, listen to what I have to say about politics, pro wrestling, and whatever the hell comes to my mind um, on a given day. Um as far as wrestling and podcasts go, you can listen to me on uh, the PWC. Uh, Jeff and I just uploaded. I, th <laughs> I think Jeff uh, had to upload four or five times because we're trying to do things sans Jimmy right now. Um, but uh, he had to upload our, our skirmish a couple of times, and it did work. It, it's up there now, so it's great. Um, and, uh, yeah, apparently. Um, How do you one video version made it up? Yeah, good job. Good job. I mean, really good job, because I wouldn't have been able to do it. Although, apparently, I'm going to have to figure out how to do a lot of this stuff now, because Big Ray has, has asked me to uh, talk to Jimmy whenever Jimmy shows back up. Jimmy, hi, where are you? Jimmy, 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 where are you? Um, whenever he shows back up, I'm supposed to be uh, getting trained on how to use uh, the, the the stream yard and, uh, and also given the HMG you know, uh, keys to the castle there. So you may I, I see can me. Find an, I can find an alternate trainer if we need one. <laughs> you may see me an awful lot more on HMG and uh, channel attitude stuff. So yeah, that's where you can me find too. me. Maybe. Hey, Jeff's always around and he's available for stuff. Always. Anyway, Olay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Oh, like when you had to do Zoom meetings, did you ever do that sometime where you pretend like you were froze and see how long it would go for people for people to say, I think he's frozen. And then you like, you know, no. Never did. Well, if I ever had to do Zoom meetings, it was for something that mattered with people that mattered. Uh -huh. Like, you know, so if I did that, that would be like inappropriate. No, uh, I no, would do that. No, no, Sir Jam. Jimmy's not getting cut. He's uh, just, he's just, uh, he's disappeared. He's just Jimmy. He's just Jimmy did. He's Jimmy he's, did. He's cutting himself right now. Yeah. He's, he's like look, when you cut school. Look, he it's Australia, so he's probably at that time of year where he's gotten drunk, got a, went on a wicked pissa, and then got drunk and had to spend like a week in jail because you know every Australian has to do that at least once a year, That's or you lose I, your citizenship card. Either that or 
you know that you know the koala slander he's been throwing out there. Right. So I'm sure an angry mob of chlamydia-ridden koalas have taken him prisoner somewhere in some eucalyptus forest. I, either that, or just like he's either that, or just it's hard for him to do his job now because of the because of the writer strikes. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. it's it's hard for him to really know what to say when he doesn't have anybody writing the scripts for him anymore. Right. Exactly. Because he's AI. Well, he's AI, so he should be writing his own script. But yeah. Yeah, but that's like the thing that they're striking over, right? Is like don't oh, don't true. let the AI write the scripts because they might come up with something better than the shit we've been coming up with the last four or five years. Very the, true. His AI is right now a Tony Khan's level of AI. It's still learning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, before I tell you people where to find me at, I do want to shout out the chat one more time because we had some people come in after Todd Brantley, Sir Jam, Elizabeth, uh, ooh, Media M Five. Uh, and Todd Brantley, of course, just blowing it up. Uh, Lab Rat was in here, and Buckshot Kid made an appearance. Uh, all you guys were Airbin Shlomo, of course, um, and Jerome Hall, always a faithful guy there. Um, I think I said Medium Five, and yeah, that's about everybody. So, thanks for being in here, making the show what it is. You guys make the show the thing that it needs to be, and of course. I am myself, John Enright. You can find me, JRC Men, on Twitter, Instagram, and the TikToks. You can also find me on Facebook as John Enright. And whether you have a wrestling belt in your picture or not, I will still accept your friend request. Unlike somebody in this room um, who now has to look at my profile picture with sunglasses, a hat, and a wrestling belt on his shoulder. Ha 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 ha. Um, just to make you look at it. You know. Did that on purpose. I did. I did. I Look, I can be petty when I want to. Um, so, um, Don't do me like that. Look. Can you be Tom Petty? Oh, dude, I wish. No, I'd be dead. That's why I said don't do me like that. So yeah. Best concert I've ever been to, Tom Petty. Really? Live concert. It was like two and a half hours, and I'm pretty sure the arena we, we were in was hotboxed at the time, so it was, it was great. There you go. All right. Yeah. Look, I can't, I don't know if the best concert I've been to. Did yet. you feel like a refugee? I did. Yeah. And uh, oh, he he changed the he changed the uh, the lyrics of of American Girl to Canadian Girl. That was fun. Uh, Everybody in the okay. crowd liked that a lot. Yeah. Uh, my best was George Strait. He came back. He came to Louisiana. I uh, came to my hometown, and he was in the round. So his stage was in the middle, and he would just walk around to different microphones. So everybody had a front row seat. Yeah, at some point. And, um, and of course, some of the ladies liked it because then you got a back view seat of George Strait um, with his That's cowboy cool. jeans. Um, yeah, cool. no, it's a really it's a really yeah. neat concept. He does it a good bit. He's coming in November to the Dickies Arena in Fort Worth where nosebleed tickets are $348. That is the cheapest ticket you can get to go see George Strait. Get all the way fucked. Yeah, right. Front row, just for the shits and giggles of it, I looked it up with my kid. Listen, Front you could row. eat a you could eat a chops or Ruth Chris for that. Look, um, for real. <laughs> front row, not even like front front row, like a row or two back from front row. Front row, three thousand dollars a ticket. Three thousand. 
you know what? You might have to pay me three thousand dollars to go to a George to go Strait see Gord- Yeah, exactly, concert. exactly. I'm with Wait. Jeff on this one. No, George Strait is the man, but I'm not paying that. Like, I'm not I'm- that interested in going to many concerts, so it's really not about him. It's just like I'm not interested in crowds. I'm not interested in parking. I'm not interested in the whole thing. So, like, if it's not a, if it's not a band that started it, like by the early '80s, I'm probably not interested in seeing them. And more likely, if they hadn't started by the mid '70s, I'm not interested. Yeah. Well, look, Dire Straits. Dire yeah, Strait. like, like if Strait. they have if yeah. they have less than one original member that's deceased, I'm 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 not interested. <laughs> right, like like I ain't doing this Queen with Adam Lambert bullshit. Like Queen's my favorite band of all time. Okay, listen, I'm not doing Queen. Period. And like Queen, I don't know when it happened, but like in the last ten years, like everyone thinks Queen is like the greatest rock band of all time. No, they're not. No, they weren't. They're pretty good though. They're pretty good. They're okay, they're, good. they're 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 a great sector, but they're not Zeppelin or the Who or the Stones or Floyd. Come on, uh, look, they. I think they. I think they are on that level. And I barely rock. Mine started when I was a kid. When my, I mean, my mom was in the car, and we would listen to Queen. And we had. You a to mean, Freddie Mercury it. is the greatest vocalist in rock. That's a conversation I'm willing to accept. Yeah, but yeah. Queen as a band. Uh, I will tell you this: Brian May is probably the smartest rock rock man that has ever played in a rock band, considering he's a astrophysicist and has founded stars and shit like that. So um, you got to give him that. Yeah, what guy from One Eighty Two who is financing all the UFOlogy? He's my guy. Okay. So much I, I don't know his name. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you can find me here on the Hami Media Group as we talk behind the paywall of Channel Attitude as we talk Smack Attack and all kinds of other various things. And sometimes we talk rock bands and concert tickets and um, things upon, upon those lines as well. Uh, whatever we do. But it's a good time to have by all. It's $5. It's $5. Look, you can't even get a $5 face lap anymore. Right? I mean, it's a $10, $5 face lap. So for half of a face lap from Ben Amin, you can get the entire library and not only cover Smack Attack, but all of Hameen's shows and everything in between where you can hear Stevie Richards and all these other guys, uh, Vince Russo, all the stuff going on. You can listen to that behind line. And, of course, everybody's favorite, the vet. Who doesn't love the vet? If you want to hear more vet in your life and because you miss him on the Smack Attack, go listen to Channel Attitude, subscribe, and you can hear the vet whenever you like. He's so go angry. It. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's, a, it's incredible. It's incredible. Like how that man contains that much anger, I don't know. And doesn't it makes me seem positive? Yeah, right. I mean, and just but it, but then too, like the just kind of chill, blase attitude, but then the, the you, amount of anger you, that comes out of it. Did you, did you see his tweet this week? John, no, I don't I know if not. you have me on, on, on Twitter. Okay. I do. So somebody said, Oh, like vet was on this thing. And I was like, yeah, angry vets, the best vet. And then, and then Ray was like, and then Ray was like, Oh yeah. As long as he's not angry at you. Right. And then vet responded and he said at Chris Ams one, no, he's my favorite podcaster. That Yay. was the whole tweet. Like, Yay. like I'm done on the internet. I don't have anywhere right. to go. I just, right. I, I can, I can happily just do whatever the hell I want now. Right. The vet said I'm his favorite. Right. You're I don't just care. an attraction podcaster now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you need to only show up every other week or something yeah, like that. Exactly. Take two weeks off because, you know, heaven forbid. Uh, and then, of course, like you can Jimmy. always. Only like, I earned it. <laughs> yeah, you've earned it. Uh, and then, of course, you can always find me on Hami Media Group uh, channel with the Academy. It's been a bit. We're trying to work schedules with Triple D to talk Star Trek 
But uh, we will be back. I promise we are getting stuff together. Besides, next week, this week coming up, or this week, Strange New World starts. So we we got to get on it so we can start talking Strange New Worlds because uh, Pike Daddy's back, baby. So let's talk uh, Anson Mount and Pike Daddy and what they're doing for this year. It looks, I look, they're going to have some interesting episodes, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's a real Witten show. If you don't have uh, Paramount Plus, get the trial. Watch all of them once it goes uh, they've all been released and just do that for a week and sit down and indulge it or indulge on it. Um, so, uh, but that's where you can hear me and triple D have fun and talk about that. And then anything else, you'll just have to figure it out. Just go find it and listen and whatever. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been our show today. This has been your rinse and repeat show with a little bit of bloodlines dust sprinkled on it to make it a little bit more palatable to go down Um just like a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down, a spoonful of bloodline makes the medicine go down. But next week is going to be the real question. What are we going to do? What kind of money in the bank shenanigans are we going to have? Are we going to have another belt to be? Are we going to have a new belt? Who knows? I don't know. It seems like belts are the thing now with WWE, and we don't know what's going to happen. Will Charlotte come back and start proving her dominance once again so that she can lose again, so that she can be a 16-time woo, world champion? These are all questions that we have to wait and see because it's not next week. It's this week. But until next week, we bid you adieu and uh, peace.